I hope everybody back in Radio Land is dancing. I hope you're moving your hips, dry humping something. You're unlocking your hips. Yes. Cornbread is around. I hope you're flicking, flicking them nipples, ring. baby. Wind Those chimes. lures. What Wind is that? Got a red wiggler? Lure, you get that I'm, thing over there? <laughs> maybe so. His are silver, though. Hey, what's that? What, what are the, I wish I knew the names of all the bait. Oh, jitterbait. <laughs> Topwater. Topwater jig. <laughs> Cornbread, number 57. Got two bikes, one for backup on a Saturday night circuit. Might well, have heard of it. If you're going for the championship. You better do it. You better. If you listen to, to last bring week's Bring some show, backup. Cornbread has been at it. He's been at it since we ran races back in the day. He's still got all his plaques. He's still got his nipple rings. He's got his... Photos with it's a tannin salon. For nipple I mean, rings. come on, dog. He was proud of those nipple rings, man. That yeah. pi- that one picture. Yeah. That's get up on that mic, son. That was impressive. It was the nipple rings were? I mean, he was. He those was, are wind chimes, and when you hear him coming like a cat, you know they got the little bell, so you can see where. I had at. multiple dreams where I was being chased all week. I kept waking up, and I just hear wind chimes. I'm like, he's here. He's here because he's, he's getting retribution, get dude. Over that kill you, 05 I'm gonna kill you. Moto Madness on the 83 KX, calling him out. He, he on was there by God. Was that an 83? 83. Yeah, that, that was Todd Harold's. 83 still had the the, yes. the funky fender back fender because I know my 81. KX80 had the number plate rear fender. I think 81, 84 is when they went square. I yeah. guarantee you, because my brother had that. And you'll still see occasional 84 KX250s that'll that, have that rear fender, like, and you're like, you do I don't remember that. Right. What'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So we posted that video somewhere, where the crap, wherever the crap it is. It's definitely on Instagram. On MySpace. Here it is. Yeah. So we posted. If y'all don't know what we were talking about, you, I knew you had a video. I didn't know it was this good. Like it's every like. <laughs> well, let's don't go good on quality. No, not but quality. It's good on. But like if you stuff. listen to the last week's show, you know John and his buddies all geared up, and I say geared up. They got mega. They had multiple megaphones. They brought air tools because I saw the the air tools draped over draped the, over the fence. Air compressor full of air. No way to plug it in. So 110 pounds. We're gonna do it. Don't t- no no tires. No nothing until we run out of air. And uh, y'all went down and you rolled. The, the funniest part you didn't show, but like you guys were there cruising around talking junk like. Vote for Ted for mayor, and he's, before he's even unloaded, he's talking shit. Gets <laughs> unloaded. I saw the the hype video. He's telling you all that. So anyway, so I'll let you guys take let a listen. The, don't let the nerves get. Yeah. Whatever. It, it, you'll be dead last. You know. It's ridiculous. Get out while the getting's good. He will smoke you. I like when he kept just saying, "This is not a I joke." It was like some Hitler real. era propaganda. <laughs> He's just like, I'm going to break their spirit, man. I'm just going to keep on telling them they don't have a chance. And then, you know, this is not a joke. He will smoke he will. you and all this stuff. Everybody's Let's wearing mullets. It's ridiculous. He At a Saturday a, night race. He told a man and a tourist to slow it down in the hits. This is the best part. Did you hear me? The best. That microphone's right in your right ear. Do you hear me? That's you on the starting line. He is hyping the crowd up, yelling at him. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> You'll be reading it for however many laps you do. Because <laughs> this dude didn't know anything about motocross. He's like, I got red pants and a green and yellow shirt. Oh, and here's some concrete, like, mud boots. Let's put these on. That was the mid, uh, mid-race mid pit stop. You got that handled, so. 
That's good stuff, man. You know, we were talking about that the other day, and I was telling a friend about, I guess, when Kevin first started getting his announcing chops at uh, Freeman, and he would do, if, heaven forbid, if I ever won a moto, we would always do an after after race, post uh, race interview. Yeah. He would do, and then sometimes we would do a post uh, mid race. Mid race, those are always good. Nick, come in, let's talk about <laughs> are race. You serious? On the straightaways, the, like the start straightaway. All right, you got to go, man. I just I pull over. I feel like we should be doing something else. Besides Kevin would just start asking me random questions about. Anything. How's the car lot working out for you? <laughs> so not, nothing to do with racing. Like, is so the, you really pull in mid moto? Oh yeah, we, you know what? We were cutting edge on the mid moto stops, yeah. man. Undoubtedly, Blackman has invented that. Well, we didn't do we, we didn't change any tires or anything, but no. we uh, no, but interviews. But we did talk about the weather. <laughs> it's pretty hot today. I'm kind of sweaty, but I think I need to finish this race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, urgency. Yeah, uh, urgent. Tell me about that race, Nick. <laughs> yeah. That's our announcers. PA I would thank the sponsors, and I don't even know that you could do all the sponsors we did today. But no, oh, I bet you had some sponsors. Some good, yeah. solid, yeah, family friendly. Yeah, so it it's was Saturday night. I'm pretty glad there's no video of the, <laughs> some of those interviews we did. Yeah, there's some. There's a helmet butt and scooter warriors need to resurface one more time. Oh, that was Joey and. Uh, Jared's <laughs> kind of forgot about prize that. masterpiece, and uh, man, I think it was funny, dude. They were like, we talked about one of those first shows, like it was way ahead of its time. It was before like Jackass, and I'm sure it was along the same lines. But yeah. what what two hundred dollar budget? They were funny, just in the local community, man. They no were not one knowing what to do with these people. No, I mean, well, it was a time before you know you you that's all you could reach was the local community. You know, unless yeah, you got there's on, no, but there's there's just nothing like it. And you're like, what is this guy doing? Like it was like he has a big dingling on the front of his car, and it bounces around when he drives. Like it they was were just nuts. They were real. It was funny, and everything was hilarious. But to, when you, you introduced it. it to the public, no, we were the only ones who who got it. And even I knew I was like, well, this somebody's gonna be mad. Somebody's not. Gonna you're like gonna this. do this, but the, I don't know that they ever just got beat up. What Joey got? Choked Joey got out choked out a few times. Three in times. A couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I've not been choked out. But that's pretty good. If, for, if me for, and you just went out there right now and started doing some of the things, just recreate everything. You might get shot. Get, do it, especially up here. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're going to get shot. The yeah. world well, now, you, you know, the people immediately whip out their phone and video. Yeah. Any yes. idiocy that goes on. Yeah, and it's so hard to be creative and different <laughs> at this point because there's so many dummies just out there that have no job that they just spend That's all, all they day do long is work on it pumping out videos maybe one stick yeah joey one had stick. a job jared yes i think i don't know i don't remember jared yeah but they let both me tell you some newspapers right joey yeah, was, they did joey that. did comedy like he had nothing to lose because <laughs> he did i mean that he didn't he have did. that, yeah he did his comedy See, that's what i'm death. saying like you did like there are things that you won't say or do because you got family, you know, yeah, a yeah. reputation maybe in the next week to live for, you know, the next you day. Know, it's it's cool. the old Batman. I don't, I wear the mask to protect the people close to me. He, he, oh, he had no mask. And he was no bringing mask. everybody down with him. What'd you just say? No, on in the crowd, you're now involved in something you did not ask. And you to were be just standing of. there and he didn't yep. know midstream on a joke. Now I'm involved. <sighs> Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you go into court for a character reference, and then like deciding, like immediately deciding this is a bad idea. Yeah, he's on the floor like, after he did a fall. I'm like, so oh. you had a, you got it and made a statement at the court. Yeah. 
at the Cobb yeah. County Court at the JCT. Yeah. yeah, right there in downtown. Mayo. Did you cross your fingers? Yes, yeah, so I was like <laughs> wiggling my toes if they were doing some sort of. That had to been test. sort of nerve wracking for you though. You're not like guy, a guy who's in court all the time. I never. Do you swear to tell the truth, yeah. the whole truth, nothing but the truth? So I hope you got. No, I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> think I do that. If you tell me, I got to. I got to do it. Put your no, I'm here for Joey. I, I don't. Joey's don't... good guy. We good? I'm out. I'm mean, good. I'm a pillar of the community. I don't know what to tell you. No, but it worked. I think it worked out. I don't know. I guess he got a million years of probation or whatever he got. So he didn't go to jail. So that's pretty good. I think it was your testimony that swayed. Yeah, that pushed it over the yeah, top there. So. That and the front flip. Yeah. So tonight we have Grant Langston, a dirt bike rider, he's Zulu a warrior. former dirt cyclist from uh, Alabama, I believe. This is Birmingham, south, just Alabama. south of Alabama, yeah. is where, where he calls home. So Grant will be cool. He was a friend of DMXS, and he's always uh, he's got some funny stories, and I want him to dig into when he found out he won. What was it? Was it O three outdoor title when they're was at Brock Seller's Ken house? Worthy's got and canceled. Ken Worthy's gets canceled, and they have the all-time greatest party where everybody wakes up with they no just, underwear on and buy pit bikes. They went and bought they like ten Z fifties. Yeah, so we'll get Grant to kind of go back and talk about that because I really love that story. I just love like you won based on a phone call. You're like, what? Yeah, because he thought he had battle to yeah, do. I, I got to go. I got to go. Battle got canceled. Got canceled due to rain. So did that race get canceled twice that year for rain? I don't know. They had they had. Torrential floods that this covered well, the place. Kenworthy's was never the last round, was it? Oh, that's a good point. That's a I good believe point. it was rescheduled. They tried to do it, and, they were, okay, and then it flooded point. out again. Yeah, it's always mid, mid it's June it freaking hot. live, brother. God <laughs> yes. almighty. It that's some of the hottest hot. days I've ever spent in my life was there. They're popping, like, those cornfields are just popcorn, just popping during <laughs> the middle of the day, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> the corn was popping. That was such an odd track, too, like, in a cool, different kind of way. You couldn't see shit. As a spectator, wherever you are, you can see, you can see it's like an enduro, like, here they come. That was yeah. it. But they, they did cool stuff like labeling. You remember above head? Yeah. Like they called it the uh, the, the freeway or not yep. the freeway, the Autobahn or something like yep. that. Some of the, the jump sections were cool. And, and the jumps were huge. Yeah, they were very peaky and yeah, pointy. They and they launched to the moon. And the dirt was hard. And Kyle had a cheater bike and got a whole shot. And we were like, well, what are you doing, man? He had a, <laughs> I think he had a okay. big bore 144. He had a, he had a 144. And he whole shot his heat race. <sighs> All the boys. And he's like, and I'm like, that was not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you just pulled a down. couple of factory bikes. Yeah, they've never seen you. Don't know your name. You yeah. just pulled all the boys. So he didn't, he, obviously, he went backwards immediately yeah. after that, but whatever. Yeah. Still, do what you it's not do. obvious. That. Don't talk about him like that. He just, <laughs> he man. may not have been on that day. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah I just day. had a bad moto. I got yeah. a good start, though. But what about your other history? No, I've never done that before. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, right. But you don't know. It could have been, I could have had. All bad days every time I went racing. That's hilarious. He man. did nothing like prep work in terms of like, hey man, let's uh, let's start hydrating four days out. Yeah. Let's get there a couple, maybe a day early, so we're not driving all night. No, we're gonna coast in just in time to. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sign up. You get the bike unloaded. Yeah, yeah. And I've been driving all night. It's never. It was never just just a smooth. I would say running a 144 in the 125 class. That's was, the, that was a little bit of prep. That was great prep on the <laughs> mechanics part. Whoever did that, preconceived for sure. <laughs> That's about all we ever did. I remember going to Loretta's and going by Kawasaki on Fulton on Bolt. Boat Rock, Road Boat Rock Road to get a top end for the 250. That why 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 are we going to Loretta's without this fresh 250 top end in? In we're yes. going to get it. We've got it in the box. We're carrying parts. And we're going to drive the Loretta's. Or which one of you is the better mechanic for knocking uh, down a top would, end would, real fast? I mean, n neither one of us, but him, I guess. You think he and I together? We I can, didn't know if you could. Do we can. Top no, end. Ken, Ken, absolutely. I could. Yes, yeah. I have, and I have done them. Okay, but. Uh, I don't feel confident. There's shit on the floor. You're like, man, I think that thing needs to be in there. I'm pretty what sure. What about that power valve? That's pretty, they're pretty easy, though. A couple of bolts. You know, yeah, there's take nothing the, to Take it. the, the uh, coolant system down and all yeah. that and 
It's not that much. Not too bad. Yeah. But whenever you're trying to put the over or the uh, circlip on that thing, when you Yo, don't have the right tools, man, we, we had better have a rag over that we, bottom end. <laughs> we got nothing like that. The we first had, time I ever rebuilt an engine was in my living room because the KX80 blew big up. Big shag carpet that'll catch every part. Well, my mom's like, never see it again. if you put it, it was freezing outside and my bike seized, and she's like, if you put a tarp down, you can bring it in the living room. And so I still, I can't believe she let me. I didn't know how to rebuild a top end, but I figured it out, and it ran. And they didn't have YouTube, dude. No, there's no YouTube. I what just, year is this? My, this 1980, at the end of 85. How old are you? 10. When I was 10, about to be 11. <laughs> a 10-year-old? Yeah, my, nobody's going to fix it. They're not paying for anything. I mean, it was... Who Did anybody go, now look, John. Now my you want to torque this to about 10? <laughs> no, none of that. My brother, my brother told me, the steps. Of course, he's air-cooled uh, era. Okay. So, so you know, about five bolts get that cylinder head, four bolts get the But what about the, the gas tank and the... the yeah, none the, of that the stuff. Because, you know, back then, yeah, between the gas foot. tank and the top of the cylinder, there was a foot. Easy. It was so easy to get to. <laughs> now, on this 85 Yeah, you case. didn't even have to... Like, you didn't take the tank off to do a top right. end. No, but now... We're taking you take I take right? tires, spokes off. Yeah, I'm taking just, hubs I off. I need all these spokes <laughs> in a pile. Well, so he, but he did talk me through that. And you know, one thing I didn't ever mention, but those videos that we did in 05 at Bremen, the guy screaming and, and acting all crazy, that was a takeoff on my brother. So that bike blows up at the end of 85 and I get a piston in it. And then I ride a little bit in the winter or whatever. Spring comes and he goes, man. I think it's time for you to prove yourself. And and I'm just like, to who? To who? Like, is this goes, gladiators? Like, well, what's happening? I'll tell you where you're going to prove it. It's up at uh, the KOA campground in Calhoun. They That's have right. a motocross track. <clears throat> I'll drop you off at the Calhoun Music Land, and you can sneak in the back way so you don't have to pay the gate fee. Smart. And I'm at that point, I'm 11. You're proving I'm yourself going, as a thief. I'm sitting there like, yeah. Great I'm sitting point. there. He just told me, hey, this is, you walk in. I'm driving in. I'll meet you in there. Save 10 bucks. Boom. <laughs> So it's yeah. actually probably not. Hey, even we 10. Race. Kevin's internal race promoter is like, burning to the core right now. It's probably only five bucks back then when you went hey, to be told. He raced, stole six wallets and seven pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you think I got that top end, baby? Yeah, that's how I paid for the top. And back then, the top end was like forty-two dollars. And, and you had a fake money. ID next weekend. You're eleven years old. And you're like, I'm 30, 37. <laughs> you're the Holiday Inn on Fulton Industrial. <laughs> Buying liquor and sitting next to my dad. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? How did he do that? What's up, little John? Yeah, so, but he race prepped the bike and put a one on it. You damn right. And I mean, I, was, right. I, I had 65 on there for Second knowing place, Kawasaki City just right. had a six pack of sixes and a pack of five. <laughs> so I'm either going to be 65, 56, some sort of combination of that, you know. And, but he took them all, took my numbers off, put a one on there. And, and then we get up there and then senior mini, some dude's number one. He goes, after practice, you're going to tell him to change his number. And I'm oh like. God, we're already starting static. <laughs> already broke into this place. No. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't know I was breaking in. I get back there in the woods, and these other dudes were in there. And I'm like, hey, what, what are doing? y'all doing? They go, follow us. We're oh, the other yeah. way. <laughs> so I, they take me in, and then we follow act us, like. we're going to murder somebody. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm in a gang now. <laughs> we act like we're Never walking to be the track. Seen again. You know, they would have nobody enter the track, but 900 people walked <laughs> and came Mike's out of the woods. <laughs> the children of the. Motocross corner. So redneck. But what my brother, would, he would do all that, like, yelling on the starting line, you're number one. All this. You're the reason that track's not business anymore. Damn, you exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's a double wide sitting where the starting gate, starting rubber band used to be. Mm -hmm. Brandon Smith was in that moto with me. First first race that. ever. Yeah, Brandon goes good. Yeah. 
So it, did you prove yourself? No. I'm not, my, all, any pictures I have from that he day, Brandon's... You, you're a thief, and that's yeah. what I need to know about yeah. you. <laughs> Brandon's mom took a couple of pictures of me, so every picture I got one X on the bike. Because you did not, I did not change my number. He was really going to teach you a lesson. <clears throat> so, like, he gets on the gate, and he goes... That kid didn't pay. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, where's your ticket? Oh, shit. We got tickets. I bet you're going to ride fast now, boy. I didn't know we got tickets. Yeah. But, I mean, back then we had to ride a qualifier just to get in. There was like 50 mini bikes. Really? Yeah. What Senior year was this? 1985. I was there in 1985, but I, I was on a 125. Were you number up. one? Uh, uh, and I, had to I was number, number 10. Number 10. And that was only because I bought that bike from Todd Neal. And he, oh, was, and he was number numbers. 10. I wasn't spending money on more new numbers. No. <laughs> Got exactly. a jersey that said Neil on the back. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, we're cool. Thank my, Stole I, his TV when I bought the bike. Yeah. I had a jersey. Broke into every blue track jeans. he went to. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like 75 model. And honestly, that wasn't, that wasn't crazy. That wasn't terrible. Like, you could still get away with At it. At least I had boots. Yeah. And a normal helmet. You yeah. know, everything else was there. I just didn't have the race pants. I'd... I mean, do you remember the denim blue jean race pants? Yeah. yeah. They had the red, white, and blue stripes down there and the puffy knees. Well, that... I got to be honest. A good pair of jeans are almost as tough as a pair of motocross pants At this today. point? Yeah. I mean, if you had some knee cups, I mean, you, you could do whatever. Oh. Some damn car hearts and some knee cups. Yeah. You're yeah. I say we bring it back. Let's go all Let me tell you something. Let's we don't were, bring that okay, back. Okay, Kyle, we were, Kyle and I were talking about this, yes. and we've got an Thank idea you. for Loretta's, but <clears throat> since we didn't qualify, it's never going to happen. Ever. But <laughs> if – Open that window by you there, John. You you were, if you were pretty fast – Open your window, sneak in again. Yeah, he yeah. Jerk. Hey, you don't even have to pay he to get he in He comes here. into my house and drinks all the beer. <laughs> hey, John's still reeling from uh, his last week. Yeah. Run, I, you got to run, run a little rich? I was running real rich, and then, you know, i just not super happy with the, the amount <laughs> with of pre-mix that I put in there. Sort <laughs> John of fouled that, my plug a little bit. hit the fireball. It was, it was a strong effort by John. Yeah. yeah. I hey, was real concerned about useless info. You had to prove yourself. Yeah. On the you, were, you were number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I did have to put an X on my bike after <laughs> after practice. I, the thing is, though, Keith Turpin, you know, he's from here. You're talking about last week. Last you drank week. a little bit extra, a little bit in the way of extra fireball. You overserved yourself a little bit. Yeah. I was super excited about Keith Turpin because I, every time I talk to him, it's always uh, some sort of business oriented question because he was in the. You know, I ain't got time to talk to heavy green, equipment. Yeah. I got horizontal boring to do, son. So Fiber one time optics. though, I'll tell you, he was up on uh, he was up on uh, one twenty, putting in this giant water main. It had busted, and I mean, it was like twenty four inch pipe. And uh, he's working right in front of a Walgreens, and I and I'm like, "There's Keith," and I pull in, and I see this old lady coming out, and I go, "Ma'am, will you go over there to that dude on the tractor?" And hand him this piece of paper and say, "Will you sign this, champ?" And she was about eighty, and I was hoping she would do it so bad. She goes, "She she was very confused. She was not going to do it. She right. She was immediately out. But I thought, how funny would that be to watch Keith digging a hole? An eighty year old chick just I, needs. I remember a, you from the KOA in eighty five. Autograph. Finally get to meet you. Yes, that's what. If you could have found the right uh, old lady to do this to you him, you shouldn't offer enough money. Yeah, I didn't Restored. even offer to pay at all. I should have bought a he would prescription. Have been so nothing else. Yeah, right. Let me, hey. let me get that Metamucil. I'll for take you. that. I got you. 
Like, dude, I would love to know what what his thought. Well, how did the woman fall in the hole in the first place? Well, that guy paid her. Oh, yes, five dollars and some Metamucil. She fell into the hole, and And then the KOA campground owner finally sees you on the news where you killed this woman. He goes, "I knew it." Yeah, this guy. And then he sues me for gate fees plus interest over thirty-five years. Yeah. Maybe it's forty now. You're gonna leave here tonight. And there's gonna be a KOA kid. Like, I want my two dollars. So many enemies now. Yeah, I know. Hey, you cornbread? Yeah, I'm going to get him too, brother. Hey. Yeah, cornbread. They're waiting at the entrance to hey, Calhoun cornbread. Music Land to hey. come get me. Cornbread, while you're kicking his ass, get my two dollars for the gate fee <laughs> from 1985. Lots of enemies, man. Dude, I, did I tell you? Chinga, chinga, chinga. Oh, okay. you hear it coming? Here it comes. Wind chimes. <laughs> Dingle, dingle, I want my two dollars. Dingle, dingle, two dollars. And I just never knew cornbread was a killer. I mean, I thought he was a racist. Stone cold cornbread killer. But he will kill some cornbread. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so I remember uh, being, I used to help take gate. I hate taking gate. I wanted to be down in action. Mm -hmm. But like on a Saturday night, my dad loved taking gate. He likes that interaction. Because he was going to get all the money. And the 12 I mean, I understand now after we ran it. But like, he just, he loved saying hello to people, like just chatting with you when you came in and. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, get the hell on down the road. He would just tell you that. Oh, he would run you off if your story went too well. If it sucked, I got 30 seconds. Impress me. Get out of here. You suck. (laughs) 30 seconds. Next. It's like an audition. Bremen's got talent. Next. (laughs) Get out of here, son. Next. Give me another story. What the hell? No joke. This is what your dad said to me a million times. What the hell are you doing, boy? There you <laughs> go. Was, I got to pull up in the truck. What the, the hell, hell are you doing, doing, boy? See, when I would pull up, he'd have his chair backwards, and I had 30 seconds, and I'd try to do something, and he'd hit his button, you know, and his <laughs> chair would spin. And, this, <laughs> and he That was, was absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Cowell's over there. Yeah, <laughs> si- Simon Damn. and King. You're crazy. Yeah. King would never turn his chair around because he wasn't picking either one of us. No. <laughs> no. He was not going to pick. No. What no. the hell? Dude, I remember him coming home. What the home, hell are you doing? Coming bro? home and Kyle and his buddy Drew are working on one of Kyle's mid-90s bikes. And my dad just pulls up and he's 19, 25, 30 beers into his evening. 19. Just rolls up and you see that we're like here. Just I love it because I, I knew something good was going to come out. He just walked through holding another 50 beers to get him through the evening. Yeah. And he'd look at Drew and Drew's like 14. He goes, what are you, some kind of damn mechanic? And that was it. He just I disgust. love the southern accent. Yes. Though he had like that Froghorn Leghorn. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Some damn mechanic. Doing, what the boy? hell you think you, you are? You stop by the house in the evening. Ain't no telling where we be making yeah. love. Now, nah, now nah, that is a true freaking statement. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's the quote of a lifetime. That should be on stained tea cloth, like flame, framed over the mantel. You that's know? my dad told us that. I know not everyone has heard the stories or listened to all the episodes, but that's a good one. When he goes, yeah, and me and Kyle are about to leave. We're trying to leave. We're inching away. It's a, after a Thursday night practice, and he's had 47 beers. He goes, hey, if you come here after night, after hours, and the, the lights are off, there ain't no telling where we're making love at. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he told Kyle, go home and make love to your wife. Yeah. I'm like, tell, like what are you going to say? Tell her King sent you. Like, what? <laughs> tell her King sent you. <laughs> what? Uh, um, excuse me. My dad said we have to have sex tonight. You like what? that? She's King asleep. said you'd love it. <laughs> what are you doing? Not that I really want to, but my dad said to. Now she's weirded out by King for ever, forever, forever. When I was taking gate on a Saturday night race, way back in the day, stop me if I've told this story, but these people, he he goes up to the gas station right before our our track. He's getting some stuff, and he sees people piling into the trunk. He goes, oh, okay. (laughs) So he he just waits. There's a line of people to get in. When they finally get to him, he goes, It'll be 40 for y'all in here and 60 for them dumbasses in the, in the yes. truck or whatever. They turned around and left. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to pay. He would rather not take the 40. Yeah. 
than to let that hunt Than to let them rip him off. Because yep. they're going to talk. Here's how we got in. Yeah, and then man. they're all. We, we got all the color bricks. Here's how we got in. We walked through the woods where our brother dropped us off. <laughs> at Calhoun Music Land. <laughs> at KOA, baby. What in the world? Swimming between motos. Dude, I left my awesome. bike, leaned up against the fence, and ran and jumped in the pool because I was so hot. And then my brother's like, hey, it's time for the next moto. Where's your motorcycle? I don't know. I don't know, man. I couldn't remember. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so looking at the pool, swimming. and then I'm walking all around. I remember having this super nervous feeling. Somebody a stole my gone. motorcycle. But there it was, covered in mud, because I did. I just went swimming instead of anything between motos. I remember just a little bit about that track at that KOA. I've never been there. But the – okay, so the pits – You didn't miss it. Yeah, and the pits obviously ran through the campground, right? Yeah. Yeah, you so parked in campsites. They were about – I jam up. Water – Power. Yeah, there were like probably four of us. That's way ahead of its time. Yeah. Four yeah, of us from bathrooms high school. didn't exist yeah. at race. Oh, they had the swimming pool and the bathrooms Dang. and showers. Okay. And so, the yeah, pavilion was, was up there where they did yeah. the awards. That's right. What do they do wrong? Damn. Yeah, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. The campground's still there. So there were like probably four or five people from my high school who were up there racing that day, right? Which was a lot from. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's what, big time. How yeah. are your buddies there? Yeah, and so one of my buddies rode a 500 just because. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> not because he needed a 500 or anybody did, but he was, they were, they were big drag racers. A guy named Danny Harris and his uh, brother, Tommy Harris. Like his brother was some kind of engineer, like without an education, but wound up working at Lockheed, designing yeah. all this shit anyway. Like brilliant guy, but had the fact, like he was a national NHRA champ, some, something, oh. whatever. And so. I, we this friend of ours it was a girl that was there also, pretty hot girl. There it is. And yep. she there it is. She's like, I can ride a dirt bike. Who rides a five hundred? Yeah, I don't like, know that one. I can ride a I can ride a dirt bike, whatever. And Danny's like, Well, here, just ride this at oh, the start line. Beautiful. Literally cranks what? the five hundred KX five hundred. Ring ding 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 boom, ding boom, ding ding. Puts boom, it a hundred and fifteen pound cheerleader on it and she takes off through the pits. Right. Oh my! Where were your cell phones at back then? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I can remember this better than I can remember anything in the track. Scary. I'm very nervous. Like right I come, she like comes by and goes, "Hey!" And then oh. a guy on a <laughs> four, listen, a guy on a four wheeler pulls out because you had lots of lanes for the Gravel, campers, gravel. Right? Yeah. Pulls out like in front of her and stops. And she she grabs the throttle instead oh. of brake and wheelies all the way over the dude. <laughs> It just crashes the shit. Yeah. And head was gone in the ambulance. Like, they took her in an ambulance. Oh, yeah. Like, she literally wheelied in the back wheel, hit the back of the four wheeler, ejects her over that. Well, she had the right technique. That's the right approach. That's the only option you have at that point. You're on a 500. It might just take flight over that. It might dig a hole through. She literally weighed 115 pounds. Anything over an idle, it was going to wheelie. And it was not. It it was not set up for her. It might idle a wheelie. (laughs) You might idle a lap on that thing. Yeah. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. I mean, that thing was, it was totally set up for that 115 pound cheerleader, too. Suspension and all that. So Suspension, it was very everything was good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I can't believe it. Yeah, it was totally set up for it. I <laughs> can't believe hell? that. What is wrong with it? How? I, but you're you, sitting there I, watching. You might that? even know the girl. Were there any men? She went by? to McEachin. Oh, she did. Yeah. Well, was she this? younger than you? No, she's older. No. 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 So. But, I mean, so you watched them. You weren't going. <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea. Somebody thought it, but then they were They're like, trying well, to kill this. Girl. I didn't see her get on, or what? I just saw her like coming down to. Hey, what's up, Laura? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh shit, is that Amy on, That's, you on know his five hundred? You know how you know how is. like when you hear somebody like especially you let one of your friends ride your dirt bike and you hear you it. You have to watch it, you know what's no, going on. Yeah, you hear it and then it goes silent. 
Like you hear the bite, you like hear. Keith was telling about his dad. Yeah, it's yeah. Burr, rah, and then then no more noise. Like everything goes silent. You're like, oh, bad. Wow. There's or a, if there's a couple of clicks. Yeah. And then the sounds. And you don't even trees, have to see it. Yeah, now trees. I picture the trees. You're like, well, there's like a, a set of running through the woods. There, there's a set of bars in a back fender. It's going to cost me. Did you ever race a 500 or ride a 500? No, I real? rode one. Oh, I rode. You have super yeah. chill. Super well, chill because to. I'm such a wuss. You can leave it in third, third gear. At, I rode it. I loved it. It was a. I never. But you had the risk control. To no, not. because I was such a wuss. I didn't jump anything. That was, I know, but that you also knew to be very, very. Oh, careful. absolutely. Yeah, but if that thing, it takes so you have to get to about about ninety before the power van actually hits. Before <laughs> you're know. like, Whoa. never get to experience. No, I would never the thing revving. No, yeah. absolutely not. It was cool. man. I rode one an eighty seven five hundred, but and it, I had an eighty seven well, twenty five. Can I say this? Was it not super stable? Like the way it was oh. just, it felt like a people. The whenever they say, how do you drive a better. fire truck around? I'm like, dude, it is the most heavy, and it's tracks real straight. It's like super easy to drive for me. It keeps in a yeah. lane much easier than our forerunner. That's yeah, because it's all twitchy and light. Right, yeah. right. You know, I guess some of the 500s were peakier than the other. The, all I ever rode was a KX500. Maybe that's the only Honda, thing I feel I like ever. a Honda might have been a little more aggressive. <laughs> Seemed like they did some development. I think that KX stalled in 87. I don't that, know about uh, – I mean, they rode fine. I wouldn't have wanted to crank one of those bastards no. all the time. Uh, I heard so many stories. 1987 boots. This guy broke his <laughs> leg. It broke his kid's leg and his it grandfather's leg. Yes, well, yeah, everybody's leg broke. Like we've talked about. It, it broke generations it, of yes. legs off one. Oh, yeah. It day in the dirt a couple years ago when I lined up on my Craigslist KX125. The silver DG fight. Next to the guy that was on the most pristine. Oh, just a CR500 that was ah. beautiful. I mean – it was way better than new. It, I mean, everything was polished out. And we were sitting there, I was like, man, that bike is freaking sweet. And he goes, yeah, man, but my goddamn ankle hurts. <laughs> oh, he's already talking <laughs> about it. Even rode it we yet. don't even have to race yet. I'm when, already hurt. When you see, when he brings a friend that's like 350, just yeah. to start his motorcycle, he has no <laughs> yeah. business. Hey, your, hey, earn your keep, son. Imagine that I fed you, drove you down here. if you crash, and then you got to pick Get it up. Get that big bitch off of you. <laughs> no. Uh, I couldn't imagine. Tanks was like it was always just dude, top dead center, and it was like his shit was so nice. He kept his stuff really good. The yeah. one that oh, he had the routine. To, it was to top crank dead it. center. You just and if you but he and he would go. He would preface it with look, look if you don't, it bitch will throw you into the It'll trees. It'll kick like, back yeah. on like, you. God, I'm so scared, man. Right. Like, so y'all took his motorcycle, chained it to a tree, and then went to the hotel. Yes, every but night. you knew the people beside you. Or yeah, we were some... next to Shea Bentley. And all oh, that's them. right. Yes, yeah. okay. But like we, I, I was. To talk about me not being a mechanic, uh, like I, um, I remember putting uh, some plastic or a wheel on the KX500 as we're going to Society Hills, Hank Maurice track up in yep. South Carolina. Camp Coker. Camp Coker. It's where the regional is. Big old sand track. Mm -hmm. And I remember, <clears throat> so I, whatever I did, I tightened something way too tight on the. <laughs> I know what you did. I you beat, pinched the forks. Yes, I pinched so the forks. So and Kyle rode the first moto, and that <laughs> they, bitch, they wouldn't even compress. Like yes. Stewart. You I just pulled. Had that yeah. Front so end when we tightened the bike down, like when we got there and unloaded, it never popped back up. Because <laughs> like, I put them in a V, like because I put the tire oh, on. Oh, your axle over, and, I was like, and everything yeah, I was way, way too, too much. Yeah. He and cranked Kyle the axle down before he cranked the something six bolts down. And Kyle goes, "Dude, this thing's." Fucking killing me, it's man! I'm like, like, hey, man, two by four. It's been the same bike you've been riding all year. Stop being a bitch! Like I was talking so much. <laughs> you need a red said, pair of pants. Like they loosen the axle on the thing, went boing. Yeah, 
Oh my god! So it was I'm pretty hung. sure he rode a moto. It was I in a bad angle, it was a bad super, bind. Yeah, dude, it was it was awful. This thing's pulling to the left. Like, I was Kevin all just about, calling him a pan. Come on, man! That's the same shit you just qualified at the area. Yeah, you're oh, yeah. Be now. <laughs> He's out on the track. Kevin's going. You suck. What are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, man? you're holding the pit board out, talking about how bad. How That's bad a true story. He still effort. qualified on that bike, though. Yeah, qualified. And then we then we said, all right, from going forward, you don't get to tighten shit up. And like that, that was '93. You rode Camp Coker to go to. Yes. Yeah, here I go. 100%. I wanted to know the year again. It was absolutely. Now look, it was '93. It was '94. Yes, because that was our first trip. Okay. That was my that was my mighty Marty Martin here. It was it was '93. Hundred percent '93 because that was the only that was his first trip to Loretta's. When did they stop 500? Is that '93? No, might, they might the have done racing a year or two series. Mike Henderson won the Open BC Championship in 92 oh, or 91. He's a Loretta's same champ. Mike Henderson from Carrollton, Georgia. Yep. On a CR500. Still on the 92 CR500. That I thing would, looks not, good. Have y'all ever seen his 500? always looks, yeah. It is so perfect. Yep. Yep. And I remember when he broke, I told you he broke his leg. He's smoking a cigarette. He goes, fuck this thing. Like, he was done. He was over it. But yeah. I remember he goes, no water, nothing. He wanted to smoke a cigarette outside of the track. Well, post, post, yeah. post moto. Yep. You know, you just. No, in the dirt. Nobody's thirsty. Go get me a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Hey, the medics, you got any cigarettes on you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Let me break this case. Yeah. That's me. the one I was telling you that they put the halo on his leg, you know, the outside. And it was messed good. up. And, and uh, He was talking about selling all this shit right there on the side of the track. I mean, that, that'll make you do it. I get yeah. it, dude. It wasn't like a bone sticking into the boot. It was pretty gnarly. Or, yeah. He still rides. And so, Does he still ride? Mikey Henderson? Oh, yeah. He's a legend. He has put more laps. Like he, I, he was probably he is probably my earliest earliest memory of a rider racing with us at ball ground on a wise on a one hundred or something way back wow. in the day, way back in the day. That logged more laps crazy. than any. Him and Lee Winston logged more laps yeah. than any human being. Lee had. Winston had the CR with the, like a Toyota truck or something. Was that him? Little Toyota truck. What did Lee? Oh, here we go. Now. These people are like, what are y'all talking about? This? Somebody's yelling, though. Somebody knows no, what he, he drove. drove this. <laughs> stupid idiot. Mikey drove, Mikey drove on a CR500 El Camino. Yep. That caught fire, and he still made it. He put the fire out and made it to the Saturday night of race. Of course. That's a true story. <laughs> Anytime something catches on fire on me, it's, you can't even We're tell not, what it was right, when not. it's over. Yeah, you got a story about that. Yeah. But he had, that, he had the halo on his leg. Right. And Sean Duke's girlfriend, wife for a while at the oh. time, was sitting there, and she's like, oh, my God, that is so wild. And she went, don't touch it. <laughs> oh, oh. Touch like, it. Oh, thumped it, like, tink, tink, tink. Why would What's you do that? What's this thing made of? <laughs> That's in my body, you <laughs> What? Yeah, that's hooked to I would have blacked out. Yeah. She's like, just and he was out. like, oh, it was you like, please not fucking touch it. It was like crashing again, probably. <laughs> All right, we're going to start the recovery. you got to rehab again. Like, Yeah, yeah dude. just rebroke it. It started to heal. <laughs> what is that? She literally thumped it? Thumped yeah. the external fixator. Tink, tink, tink. Mm. Yeah. I remember Aaron Lindsay racing at, he raced at Lazy River after he broke his neck, mm-hmm. jumping, and he was jumping at the, the river at Loretta's with a halo on his neck. I remember that. He was that. gnarly as Ugh. shit. He raced his neck. was all jacked up, man. <laughs> yeah. like, he raced that. And he at, went fast. At Lazy River. Yeah, he was very fast. He rode for BSY Yamaha. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tyson Hatzel and him and Matt Walker might have rode on Yamaha's too. BSY. Some bad That dude. Beach Sport or something. Yeah, Beach Sport Yamaha. And there's a guy that works there, uh, Tim Buffalo or yeah, something. Yeah, Tim Buffalo was the main dude there. Yeah. Yep. He, so was he in charge of that support team? I think team? so. Is that his yeah. real name? Yeah, I think that's I think his so. name. John Combs was his buddy. Yeah, he was. Um, they had a lot of BSY. They had riders. some successful. They were very successful back yeah. in the '90s. Had a nice little run. Mm-hmm. So again, we have Grant Langston on, and if you guys recall, 
Grant Langston coming over here and like he did some uh, didn't he do some supermoto stuff as well? That's where I hung out with him a little bit way back in the day. Oh, well, that would have been after that'd have been oh nine maybe. Maybe after you retired or whatever. Yeah, I don't recall any supermoto. He did though. Yeah, I want to know about his decision to leave his home country, man. Yeah, those are those dudes are gnarly. Like the Jet and Hunter, same thing, man. They just risk it all and cruise. It's over. hard to believe that. I hope it pays off for them. I mean. I, they play their cards right. I mean, we were worried about a $5 gate fee, you know, and they, they moved are... to a different continent. Twice, I guess. Their dad I mean, dropped them off at the beach and said, y'all just sneak in the back. Yeah, like, just run Come it. in through the west side of <laughs> California. <laughs> they won't charge you. Yeah. If you'll walk in through Mexico. Pismo Beach. Come through Tijuana. It's really important to just act like you know what you're doing. do this all the time. The hang yeah. tents. It is very important that you act like you know what you're doing. That's half the battle. That was, Than you know. anything you do. We acted like we were walking the track after we walked in from Cal. Yeah, there's them ruts. We want to be careful on those. <laughs> yeah, they got me last week. You've <laughs> yeah, never exactly. been there. never even been there. <laughs> well, we didn't run last week, bro. What that track about? was probably 12 feet wide. I do remember that. Brandon Smith, they would just water. The track would be hard packed, baked, and they just get the hose out right before your mini, senior mini moto, oh, and just sick. soak the thing. That's cool. And I'll, Brandon lost control. Brandon Smith hits some kid named Mark on a Suzuki and takes us both down into this creek, and we flip over, you know, and I got all this blue paint on my from that Suzuki frame. Blue paint just all over my helmet. I mean, I must have had engine cases or something just from it right. I, in my Brandon. mind, from back then, the drop off on that that track was as big as the one in Gatorback. I think it was a pretty decent <laughs> I mean, size, like, and it was like vertical. It, you, there was no transition. It was you. You come out of that turn flat ground, and just, it just it'd be like going off the top of a building. Or everything something. just disappeared. I swear, I feel like it was as big as like. You remember you would land, and then it had a rolling drop-off. Did no one try to jump from the top and land on that roller? This no one didn't. <laughs> yeah, this no one didn't. I was on the 80. I had no idea no. That, that, could, that that was a thing. I went to High Falls one time. I went to – I think you went with High us. Falls was skinny, too. It, it was skinny. You might have went with us to uh, some, whatever that place in Rome was, me and – Rome Cycle Ranch? No, what Rome Cycle was another Shannon. one. Shannon? Rough Riders or something like that? Yeah, I think we went there. It was me, you, and Bill, and Kyle. And, dude, we, like, we rolled in. We looked like – Factory Honda rolled in. They're like, dang, yeah. son. Yes. Like, they had, like, literally, we made up every, every, every other class. They all got in. goggles. Dang. <laughs> Where'd you get them grit? What do you hold on to your bars with? What's them rubber things? <laughs> They've been holding on to the metal grip tape, for like, years. We, yeah, we got the dang tennis uh, racket uh, grip Yeah, tape. we wrapped ours. Yeah, I felt like that. I'm like, dang. There was a place up in uh, near Blairsville that was called Highway 106 Supercross, and my brother lived near there, and this is – you kind of a couple of years after I quit racing, and he's like, "Get that motorcycle and come up here and ride this pro class, man. You make five or six hundred bucks, you know." And, sure. And I'm like, "Okay." And I'm twelve. Do you want me to sneak in? Where do I? No, this is after I'm. Okay. I'm thirty years. I'm thirty years old at this point. So we go up there, and the same thing. Like they just thought we were factory, only because the motorcycle was washed. <laughs> They're just like, "Hey, what was the payout? Look what? at that, man! Oh my God, is that paid?" I off? think I made two hundred fifty bucks. Is that I paid did, off? That was a. T- I What's your payment on that? Hundred and something a moto. Okay. Which was good. I mean, yeah. I was fine with that. They paid more than paid for the fuel back then, but you uh, create a distraction. I'm going to steal the purse. <laughs> yes. And whoever took this money, I hope you choke. If you bought a hamburger with it, I hope you choke and die. <laughs> we stole a hamburger too. We stoked it. Yeah, I didn't steal anything from Highway 106 Supercross, but I registered for whatever the two classes were that I could. They had an open and a something, and I rode open and a, and just 
I mean, my brother's nonstop every lap. Whip it out over at tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> like your the jump, your, the jumps were tiny, man. And I'm like, there ain't much time. And I'm on a YZ 400. Of course, you know they're so heavy. The it was around gen. 2001. Something. Had to have been, yeah. Early YZM. <laughs> hey, so we were talking about ranking stuff, and like, I'm gonna put y'all on the spot, like on gear. Like, give me your three specific, not just Fox or whatever. Like, I want these specific, whatever from. Whatever your favorite three sets of gear. Me? Yeah, first. Yeah. JT, David Bailey, Ricky Johnson. J- David Bailey and uh, Mark Barnett era, Johnny okay. O. Oh, but, but specifically. So JT, you like 80s. The, the Day Glow orange that, that oh, David I, Bailey wore? I li- yes, but I like the red, white, and blue. Oh, so clean. Oh, it was so clean and nice. So JT, mid-80s. Also Fox, mid-80s with Ricky Johnson. Anything Ricky Johnson wore. And again, red, white, and blue. The white jersey with the blue sleeves. Oh, so good, man. He just crisp, and they just American colors. And, now, number three. You know, things like that. Um, and then I, I would go later and say uh, when No Fear first came out, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And it was a good name for a brand, for a motocross brand, because we all battled how scary it, it is to go wide open. But there's no fear. Man, <laughs> well, it's a nice theory to think that I wouldn't have any fear, but... He's apparently got That's fear. That's what held me back. <laughs> That's, I could go those three, but fear, I'm going to say. Turns out fear plays a pretty big part. I'll say JT is the leader in my in my book. And Fox is in only mid-80s because obviously Fox eclipsed So specifically, the, what Fox, though? I want, it, I want it to be his red, white, and blue. I can picture an 87 on a Honda. Rick. He had blue pants. It was the time when he uh, posed with a, a a parrot, maybe. Right. Was there one with a parrot? A white parrot? Some kind of bird. And his pants were blue. His pants were blue. His jersey was <laughs> white and blue. And it said Honda in right. red. Okay. So it was, I'm pretty dialed in. It was a blue and white set, but it his had classic, accents His classic Same RJ bell helmet, helmet that with that the bulldog. Brian Stokes had. Yeah, yeah, Brian Stokes. All right, Nick. Good call. <laughs> I'm going to have to say. Good luck topping that. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the mid-90s. McGrath Fox gear. Mm. Yep. Solid. Like, I, I mean, in almost all of it. Like, I like the, the red and white stuff he had. Um, And the, is around the same time period, like, Doug Henry always looked fresh in his gear, I thought, with the big chest protector on the big Fox that chest cool. protector. Yep. I mean, yep. I The one thing to compare from <coughs> those Honda, eras. On a Honda. Oh, yeah, yeah, on the Honda. Doug, Doug Henry on the Honda. The yellow yeah. and – The size of the jerseys in those they eras were versus now. There were two jerseys. You can now make two it, jerseys out of that. Now yeah. that thing is so That's a so Hollister tight. jersey now. That's an athletic <laughs> right. cut. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, if you go <clears> – <throat> I'm going to go way back. I love the orange Moto X Fox Oh, Steve Wise years. Yeah. Like oh, then the whole team Pat had Richter. it all. Yeah. I love that team. That was bad to the bone. The whole team orange, was all, yeah. Yellow, black, maybe. Yeah, it was orange, yellow. I actually had the, I still got it though, like in 94 or 95. They did a redo or they something. They did a redo. I, yes. And I got a set of that gear. I, I think I still got it somewhere. There are dudes who show up at these vintage races and they'll have a 77 Suzuki and they'll. They'll do a motocross fox theme on it. It's so bad to the bone. I have the an orange and yellow ones? tank, yes. man. Ah, oh, oh, so cool. With the, fo- uh, uh, the uh, excuse me, the 
Fox Airs. Yeah, the Airs on the yeah, Air all that stuff. On yeah, the and then the head on there. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That stuff was so cool. And so, it's hard not to go – I mean, it's hard not to put the David Bailey JT stuff in there just because it was so pimp. But yeah. I also like just the vintage part of me or the, the time period. I liked the uh, – like the Team Green stuff, like the – Back in the day with the cow, like Jeff Ward with the Kawasaki Pants so or Kent Howerton with that. Sinasala. So you like yeah. the name on the stuff. Yeah, when they had that the stuff. I mean, I just, you know, when I was a kid, I just thought that was so cool. That Wardy look, that Sinasalo was pretty look. nice. Kent, Kent had a set of Sinasalo with a mock turtle, like a very clean jersey. He would only <laughs> Terry wear on, cloth mock turtle. Yeah, it was hot as shit. But he, only, he barely wore it. It looked so good. Yeah. He barely wore it. Um, Kyle had, and I love the DGY from 93 that Jimmy Button wore, that purple yeah. and bright yellow, and we went, we're like, we got to have that. The DGY answer cool. gear, that all the DGY, got Eric McClear, Jimmy Button, God, who, who are the other guys? But but Jimmy just looked badass. I'm like, dude, yeah. I love, and I've always liked Tall Rider, so he just looked badass. He plus the helmet, plus the sticker rider. kit, the whole deal. We went and replicated that. What about the Matasevich Extreme gear? That well, that so that was also my, a Jimmy Button thing a little bit it later. Was. He was on Extreme. The Atomic, so. was it the Atomic, uh, PJ1 Atomic team? PJ1, yeah, for sure. PJ1 Extreme, I can't remember. Pretty sure there was some Atomic. Was there something, something Atomic 22? Is I that... feel like there was something Atomic in there, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know what? I'll go with that. I'll go with, I got to go with David Belly and that Dayglow Orange. Like, that was, a, nobody awesome. done any Dayglow at that time. And then, God, man, I'm not, like, some of these gears, every now and again, like, I love the Fast House stuff, obviously, I uh, I helped them out, which it it harkens back to the vintage stuff. So that's some dude, good there's, looking. There's about 900 different sets of Fast House that I could go with for sure. But if we're just gonna go back with classic, whatever, go back in time, man, that whole like there's photos from like 85, 86, 87. Every damn photo, a first turn, it is like 400 guys, a beautiful, crisp, color oriented, yes. like all the Suzuki guys. All oh, there's the whole team the of custom Suzuki helmets, guys. painted, yes. Kehoe and Holland, TX. all in the Honda stuff, and then. Diamond and his TX10 or yeah. Honda line stuff. It's like, good lord! It was boring. If you you want to get right down to it, it was boring, but it was fucking but clean. It was... I think we sort of we all nailed something that that were kind of simple. Yeah, JT gear is pretty simple. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the stuff we're and that's why I like Fast House now. It's very it's, simple. It's very simple and, and it's clean. It's classic and it's kind of timeless, timeless. And I yes. think that's why we still think it's awesome. Yeah, yep. Fast House stuff looks like I've got three sets of that now, and it's badass. Oh, it, it looks good. Does it look good on portly vet riders? Of course it does. Oh, it's okay. very slimming. Slimming. Yes, it slimming. takes twenty pounds off. For yes. Sure. <laughs> like even take like, about forty. So the, off. The, the, the exact opposite Alpine Star. Some of that stuff. A couple. Of, a couple of years ago with a splatter and it's just out of control and I'm like, but it's they've cleaned it up. What some. about Eli on the Cowie with green Alpine Stars gear? Now, and, it, and it looked like the old '85 Cowie green colors. That, like they every now and again they'll hit it. That looked good. They'll hit it to but. me. Yeah, there was there was a time about three years ago when gear was ugly as shit. Ugh, it, yeah, it got I'm a, out I'm of a, hand. I am a symmetrical guy. Yeah. If it's over here, it's got to be over there. If it's down here, it's got to be. And for a little while, they just sling no, stuff yeah. and see where it lands. It was at the time. It might have been more than three years. I don't know, but like. Even now, like the Alpine, like Jets Alpine Star stuff, that it looks, looks, good, it to looks me. good. Hey, and no, yeah. di no disrespect, <clears throat> but like, are the same people that eat at Captain D's buying O'Neill? Like, who in the <laughs> fuck are these people? I mean, is it because it's on Chaparral for, there has for been. $7? <laughs> no. You can get a helmet, gloves, and hey, some wild jersey. Alaskan Let me salmon. tell you, you I, I mean, I went to the qualifier the other week, and there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that outrun me in O'Neill gear. I'm sure. I think they probably have a good support. But program. there were there were a lot of people with some older brands of gear that hey, they're fast. They're, I'm sure they were all faster than me. Yeah, but my shit looked good. 
I was, I was like, <laughs> that's how you get deemed a pro when you show up at Thunder yes. Creek or wherever. I, I mean, because if I'm gonna be slow, I'm at least I'm gonna, gonna have, look. I'm gonna have pimp gear. Don't have time to yes. study. Oh, I have my listen. I have my. I even Did Kyle wore, adjust anything on him? Let me get this visor. Let me get them goggles for you. Yeah, they, yeah. he fixed my visor. You don't so need that strap, Thunder, oh, Yeah, and then I th- I wore my red uh, fast house on Sunday. Just like, like Tiger Woods. Like Tiger yes. Woods, baby. Yes. <laughs> I even asked Kyle, I said, what do you think? I was getting putting my stuff on. I was like, you know why I saved the red for Sunday? Damn right. He didn't even get it. I was ah, like, dude, Tiger on. Woods, man. That's a move. I'm a big That's red boot I'm, I'm a red boot guy. Red boot yeah. and glove. Like Josh Hansen. Dude, he might be the most stylish looking on a bike. He's and just, be. Dude, he's the guy. He right? does things on a motorcycle where it's like, oh, he's crashing. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, he Dang, look how that. good that looked. But All it, in one jump. And you watch him, you're like, that dude could go ride Supercross right now. I'm not saying he's going to win, but like he would jump right he in. He would have no trouble on Make those it, tracks. Yeah, just, just, yeah, I'll God. go. I'll go yeah, with he's you. smooth. Dang, smooth. smooth. He's really smooth. What about us, uh, if we're on the gear track, what about Canvas, where you can just kind of tell them what you want? And I mean, it's interesting. It. If, it's, if it's your, that's what you want to do. How long, you know, till somebody does something that's better looking than what the, uh, what the big gear guys are kicking out. You know, there's going to be some know, guy that's like the way Fast House has done it. Like, it's a culture, and like, it's cool that you'll see dudes that wear fox head to toe. And as soon as they go to the beach or to a car show, they're in Fast House. And that's their whole huh. culture. It's just like, they don't care. Like, wear the hat, wear the glove, wear whatever you want to wear. And they're not. I tell you something else like is that. cool about them. I think though. you got a match. I think it's. No, he's not saying. I'm talking oh. about you wear your fox's shit on your bike. But then you go to a car show and they're wearing fast house tees and oh, okay. shit. Okay, so like, you're okay with a casual yeah. brand, yeah, and then a gear brand. And, and what I like about them too is they'll, like, they'll drop a set of gear, and they only make one run of it. And if you don't get it that day, it's gone. You didn't so, get it, right? Yeah, like they. Got, yeah, I, it's pretty exclusive. I was so disappointed that they dropped a super cool jersey with like palm trees and shit, and I was like, oh, I gotta oh, get that. Me. It's gone. It's gone. You remember Fox did the. Probably the Bradshaw replica, couple of years back, which would need well, that would mean fifteen years ago, yeah, maybe St- ten Stewie, years. Stewie ran it, right? It was just solid white, red fox gear and some fox red on heads. the back, back of the back of the pants. I, yeah, possibly white front, red back. That might be it. Actually, red, and then fox heads down the side. Yeah, fox heads for sure. On yeah, that, that was a good looking stuff, and it, it was that a limited. Is, what you're talking about is very similar to the. Rick Johnson shit. It's just a the yeah. Yamaha version of that. It's yeah, very it was similar. the Yamaha version. And, I, of and, and then he's yep. got a red body, red chest and back, white sleeves. Yep, that's it. Oh, when you're a kid though, you get Ooh. anything with fox or a fox head on it. So you're dude. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> I drew that stuff. I stared at it. Yeah. I mean, you know, y- y'all like if you had all the folders and shit that you had from back in the day. Dork nothing out. but Belmoto threes. I drew <clears> the shit out of Belmoto threes, and this dumb at my chin on that damn Belmoto three would be nine <laughs> Stick foot out. out. Past I'm like, the come visor. on, man. My they did not when you so when you look back at a Bell Moto three. It was, no, it was amazing. That's it why look I like that. Dug the orange Fox Moto X, the Moto X Fox gear so yeah. much, man. I get it, it, man. Just that big old school Fox yeah. head right there on the chest. That, that was, was a so good cool. pull right there to pull the seventy seven Moto X Fox. Yeah, then they re- oh. redid it with Lampson and Henry. Yeah. Was that F on the Honda? Honda? I think. Now they, they did that red too. Pipes. They did that too. Yes, but nah, I feel like they cool. they did that. Separate. I'll tell you another gear that I freaking loved is when I don't know if it's Binghamton or not Unadilla or something, maybe in Buds or something. But whenever Reedy and them dudes were all yellow yeah. on blue bikes, it's just a, I mean, it's just ninety nine percent yellow with a little bit of black with some lightning bolts or shit on it. Yeah, that was good. That might have been for that anniversary YZ four fifty is why that started twenty fifth or but 30. it looked good on the uh, blue bike for sure. Yes, it popped. 
There's a, there's a picture from Unadilla that year, and it's Villaman on the cover, yellow and black YZF, yellow and black gear. Mm. And I don't know what who he rode for, you know, which gear manufacturer, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that's a that's one of those things that are just, it's classic. Like you're, you did the 77, and they knew it was such a statement piece that Fox redid it. And sure. ran it again, and I, I swear I thought it was FMF Honda. What's your ugliest gear? And red pipes. Just in can general. we go with one of the old? Uh, Let's go Wolf, Wolf Sport. I'm going Wolf Sport. Anybody that pulls. It's so Euro. I was almost going to say anything European from it's so up until Euro, man. Anything Biafi. European before Biafi. 2010. Like your color, so uh, hello, the colorways for the Wolf Sport this year: burgundy, purple, purple, brown, purple, like, purple. Ugh. purple, brown, and burgundy, man. Purple and brown. Pippi on brown is on. Yeah, it's like That's Bob right. Ross is doing his little Klondike brown, a little sapphire yeah. blue. Make it a little happy no, over here. God, it was yeah, terrible. you know that. I don't. I don't think I know a ton of European brands, but I do know Wolf Sport. Somebody wore it. They're here. still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> God, how are they still I in business? I don't know. But there have been people. They're hooked up with Trailboard tires. Yeah, the Wolf Sport Trailboard TM team. That's like the. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna call. Right. The gear, hey, the gear or the tire never wears out. No, no you just, just keep wearing it. <laughs> And then when you get new teammates, you get the upgraded new yep. stuff. You just they restitch it for free after fifteen years. With the black, brown, and orange. <laughs> People. Why not? <laughs> Probably selling a motorcycle. We're gonna do this live. We'll do He's it still live. at work, maybe. Hey, What's happening, course. Kip? Grant Langston. How are you, brother? Man, how are you doing, brother? Thanks for taking a good two hours out of your day for us. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna ease into this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like, Good God. to know. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearing your schedule yeah. for the next day and a half. Yeah. This, uh, Grab one of those subs yeah. at your sub shop that you just purchased, and uh, you're going to need it. Oh, I, I, I honestly, I think I'm going to start subbing myself out because uh, <laughs> I've had sandwiches there every day, and they're great. But yeah, I'll wear myself out. But uh, I, I almost said to someone, "Yeah, I'm like." Uh, you know, doing that uh, Jared from Subway diet, and then I realized, oh wait, he's in jail for being a pedophile. So I'm like, I won't compare myself to him. But yeah. I've been eating a lot of sandwiches. Let's stay out of jail. Yeah, we'll stay out of that one. So kind of let yeah. it catch everybody up. What you did? You bought a sub shop, kind of impromptu. You weren't expecting to do it. Well, um, you know, if you actually talk to a lot of the riders, they've been going there for years, and it was kind of like a little local staple. Hmm. And I, I knew the owners from just years of going in there. I've been going in since they opened uh, in 2004, and uh, you know we always would chat about life and business with with at the counter. And then um, the one day Benny goes, "Yeah, I'm getting a little tired. You know, I'm getting burnt out." He goes, "I'm thinking about maybe retiring." And I said, uh, "What about the sandwich shop?" He goes, "Well, my kids were meant to take it over, but he goes, I think I might sell it." I said, "When you sell, let me know." He goes, "You interested?" I said. I might be. I said, I dig this place. So <laughs> I've never been in the food industry. And and he was really cool at just showing me the ropes and, and getting me to a point where I was like, yeah, I want to own this place. It's cool. It's a, it's almost like we call it like the cheers of sandwich shops. Yeah. Like oh, everyone there is cool. Everyone knows everyone. Grant. So it's pretty rad. Yeah, they all say Grant when you come in. Hello, Grant. <laughs> well, you do realize um, – how when you when you're trying to manage like i go to the, my dealership it's a bunch of grown men for the most part you know we have women and and that but at the sandwich shop it's all young girls oh. and 
So, of course, with the takeover, there was a lot of emotions in there. And I'm like thinking, are they crying because they, they hate me? Or are they crying cause, just because the old owners are leaving? I'm telling them, hey, I promise you, I'm going to make it better. Yeah, so, that's a hard transition for some employees. They'll They'll look at that owner and they've got such a great relationship with the owner. It's really... If they're if they're crying the blues a little, it's ultimately just a compliment to Benny, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, he was good to them, and then, but I think they've warmed up. Um, yeah. I got my sister involved, and I think they're a little nervous of me, so they go talk to her about stuff. That's good, man. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, no, it's it's been cool, it's been fun, but obviously it's been made uh, it's been a little chaotic lately. But but I cannot complain. So did you go in there and like rename everything the big triple and the, the washout? <laughs> Multi-time world champ. It's <laughs> all motorcycle well, I'll take a two-time world champ, uh, wheat bread. Yeah, that'd be great if it was all about you. Yeah. Y'all have the Zulu warrior with the side of Grant's chips and uh, yeah. Yeah. the whole shot and a veggie sauce. Vegemite sandwich. Just let us know when yeah. you need business advice, man. We're always here for you. I appreciate it. You know what? It's not bad. I've had some people say um, – I'm not changing the name or anything. It's just such a staple, but yeah. um, he has a, a, the Benny's classic and it's basically a spinoff of an, a, an Italian sandwich. It's slightly different, but it's his number one seller. I'm like, well, when people walk in, of course they always say, what's good. Yeah. And what yeah. do they say? The Benny special. The Benny's so special. we were going to maybe come up with a sandwich and give it a, a racing themed name. So I mean, you're onto something. I want time, but I want to wait and find something cool. Yeah. Well, but they cool. don't have to have like double or something like yeah, double yeah. bacon or, <laughs> two time we'll check. Yeah, that's two right. Times Could you make it a three break. time for me? Yes, that's a yeah. three time. Whoa. I'll have the Eli Tomac, please. Hey, that hurts. Man. Yeah, well, no, man. Forget that. Yeah, that'd be Forget a huge it. sandwich. Two time <laughs> champ sandwich with whole shot sauce. There you go. Yeah. Whole shot sauce. So there's no way we're doing it. There's no way we could do a a Carmichael sandwich because that thing would be as as tall as Ricky. Yeah, it'd be a big one. (laughs) Very well, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, how's bike sales? You and your dad kind of you kind of finding your way. Like, and you and I talked about this at the um, Vet Nationals. How getting him to take your advice. How you kind of have a, a good idea of how things are going in the the modern era of selling motorcycles and what sells and how to do it. And and it was kind of interesting hearing you talk about how you kind of had to kind of grapple with him a little bit. Yeah, well, you know. It's funny because Benny and his wife remind me of my parents a little bit. They they mm-hmm. do things a little more old school and and you know some like I used to tell him he would just he's the kind of person he if you go hey check out this iPad you know you could do everything mobile he go, he'll be like oh I'm not interested like he doesn't even want to try it's like technology freaks him out. What's wrong with paper so and I pen? Them, yeah, well that's the thing. If it wasn't for my mother, we, we'd still be doing that, you know. So. She was the one that said, no, Gerald, you know, no more pen and paper yeah, back, right. you know, when we took over. But, um, yeah, you know, so eventually I think I think he was a little reluctant to kind of release the reins because, you know, there is a lot of money involved, you know, from and he's he's a partner as well. So I think he was like, I really don't want this kid to screw it up. So I said, just trust me. And and it's been going great. We're doing really well. In fact, uh, last month. uh you know, uh, with KTM, they had some good rebates and that, but we were um, number one in California for sales and third in the nation. Wow. So uh, we had our biggest month with them. So Congrats. the, the industry is not, not quite like it was in COVID. I mean, people were bashing the door down and they didn't even ask the price. They're like, do you have it? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy it. You don't even know the price. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's not like that anymore. 
it's coming in and then there's there's a lot more inventory out there um it felt like as the manufacturers were going all right we're going to ramp up by the time the bikes arrived here in the states the market kind of flattened out a little bit um and there's a lot of bikes out there a lot of people bought a lot of these new buyers they're not like the motocross industry that get new bikes every year they if they bought a bike in 21 they're going to hold on to it for a few more years you know they don't ride that much so there's a but you know it brought new people in and we knew some of them would go back to work and sell their bike or their side by side or a quad or whatever but you know it was always like how many of these people will keep you know in the industry and enjoy it and it's been good because i think a lot of them have most of them at least so um some are just not really riding as much or driving but um it's an interesting market but again the nice thing was companies like KTM, Cowie, Yamaha and then they've done good at like going okay we're a little saturated at the dealerships let's throw some rebates and help these guys out and hmm. um you, you learn in that industry at the at at the right price everything sells so yeah. um not as much profit but they're still moving quite a few units yeah let me ask you a, a question since you're a dealer I this kind of out of left field we could we're really thinking about this, but since like, obviously bikes are more expensive, everything's more expensive, gas, every, you know, what would be your idea as a dealer, like to bring more people into the market? Like what kind of bike with the, with the bikes we have now? I know we've discussed this before. Like if there was like a, a slower, easier, cheap bike for people, like a beginner bike or something like that. That what, didn't look like a wussy. Well, yeah. you know, what, yeah. you, what would be that, your idea on that? Well, that is happening, but it's happening more on the electric front. Um, as we speak, there's all these new companies uh, growing. We're actually going to be taking on one. Uh, it's called Roar, and uh, it looks similar to a Saron, you know, and that Saron yep. created such a craze. I don't know how out in your neck of the woods, but out here, We're just it's getting been the craze. So, no, we don't, we, we don't have a lot of electricity <laughs> out here, so we still pump our water. Yeah. Man, you guys are legends. I respect that. Um, but out here, Southern California, you know how it is. Every, everyone wants the new, latest, hottest thing. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, it's really pissing the cops off. And because these kids are, I mean, these bikes do over 50 miles an hour. They, you know, kids are racing down the road. And so, you know, the, the police are trying to figure out how to, how to handle it. And they get, they're clamping down on the kids. But, the thing is, you can have so much fun on those things. I've ridden the the Saron, I've ridden the Roar. Um, we sell like the Super Seventy Threes. You know, Stasic's been good to get young kids, mm -hmm. you know, into our industry. Um, but the re I think the reality is right now, if you're talking about getting new customers, I think it's going to be through the electric route. Because okay. um, we're seeing those people when they come in, they walk in, they're like, "Oh wow, this place is big!" Like they've never been in there. They're, they're not. They weren't in the industry, but this crossover is bringing a different clientele base. And here's the thing too. I know a lot of people are reluctant about going electric, um, but I remember how everyone was bitching about four strokes. I was one of them. Yeah. And uh, now I'm like, how did I ride two strokes? This is so much easier. <laughs> I can leave it in third gear and roll it on. So um, what is the so goal do you think to um, like, so the guy, he gets bored with riding in yards and jumping culverts and whatever, and, and hopefully, you might take that thing to a track and realize maybe I can come back to your shop by a race bike. Is that, is that kind of the hope or the segue you want to happen? Or do we create a whole um, electric field? Well, 
there's no, to me, there's no right answer because when you talk to the manufacturers, when you, like you guys mentioned, a cheaper dumbed down bike, I've said that for years. Um, and they, but they, they don't, that's not where their focus is. Um, I actually heard something interesting. We had, we had all the big wigs from Yamaha at our dealership asking us questions and um, they even had a translator because it was literally Japanese over. And I, they said at the end, you got any questions for us? And I said, Hey, what is your guys focus? Like how much of your R and D is electric as a, as opposed to just regular combustion engines. And, and they looked at each other and then it kind of smirked. And then they were like hydrogen. That's mm. apparently that's what they're spending a lot of time on. And I was like, really i didn't see that one coming wow, so wow. that could be interesting i didn't cross my mind i know they've done that with trucks and 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 cars but i hadn't heard about that in motorcycle world but could you know that would be interesting like is that going to be a way to keep everyone happy as far as cost like, emissions and like the dudes that want a motor and, yeah, yeah exactly and so that no one is going to be or it would probably put water exactly. out the tailpipe, right? I would have never guessed you were going to say hydrogen. No, no. But like being in California, years. that makes sense because you guys are, you know, you can't even barbecue out there hardly. Yeah. Yeah, don't tell emissions. me about it. Everything's frowned upon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Yeah. Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Don't no get doubt. don't get Grant. Don't wild let's out don't there. let's don't talk politics. <laughs> yeah. If we can help. That's it. that hydrogen was. I, I would have never. Yeah, dreamed. I didn't see that coming. But yeah, I, it, I think it, it really probably, caught me by surprise. Yeah. Is that, um, is, but do you have a customer that bought a Stasic and came back in to buy the next size bike up? Do you see a return? Yes. You do. Okay. A lot of, on the, on, from Stasic to mini bikes, a lot. Yes. Stasic has helped the industry for sure. Yeah. Because it got these kids the taste of independence and speed and, you know that that adrenaline rush that a lot of a lot of kids like a lot of us loved you know that that rush so yeah you're giving me a little hope yeah. though because like when you said the cops are trying to figure out what to do with these kids and they're riding these surrounds and stuff that was the 80s here yeah. you know what i mean like we all had we were just making yeah. a lot of noise kx 80s it. it just made a lot more noise and the cops were trying to figure out what to do with us too and then we had nowhere to ride and then whenever a place would open up like a piece of property we talked about this called the egg farm I can't believe nobody ever ran us out. I wonder if they had said, look, man, they're here. They're not on the damn roads. Let's just leave them yeah. alone. Yeah. They probably did. That's but how you, it was. I, mean, you I know. think that's how it was in that day and era. Not anymore. Now it's like, well, if someone falls, that's a liability. And they'll sue the owner of the land. So he's going to get them evicted real quick. Mm. But that's we were the like the kids on the Surons. I mean, I had to, I've been chased by the cops on a motorcycle a hundred times. We all, Literally, we all yeah. I mean, I had escape routes planned all over my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In hiding spots. These dudes are felons, I mean, we, though. We did this in um, we did the same thing as kids in South Africa, and there was one cop in the neighborhood, and um, he was a dick, and uh, his kid was a dick. So I punched this kid in the face. So he had it out for me, and um, so he always was trying to bust me and my buddies because we, after school, hop on our bikes. We had to ride down the, you know, streets to get to you know the, the bush where we used to go ride. And the bush, uh, the woods, if you will. Come on, ma'am. We're from America. Yeah. The bush. No, so everybody. It was bush, baby. Yeah. A lot of bush. Hey, <laughs> like, juicy. Revenge of the nerds bush, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, another feeling. We, that used to, I think that actually became the most enjoyable part of the ride, was trying to 
get in the bush. Cup. Yeah, yeah, we he, we, we talked about yeah, it too. Yeah, racing to the bush. <laughs> Correct. That's what defined my youth, brother. It defines a life. Race yeah, to the yeah, bush. Exactly. Yeah, that's the, the male yeah. journey. Yeah, your whole whole lifespan of a male. There's a shirt. Is the race to the bush? Symbolic. Call that the. There's your sandwich, the bushwhacker. Yeah, dude. But you know, well, that also goes to like the guys that ride the dirt bikes downtown you know all these guys right in baltimore and here and everywhere we, else you know i told my we were watching the news one day and it was a group of guys downtown atlanta and they were riding uh in the streets and they were like well you know we just got to figure out a way to stop this and what we're going to do and i told my wife i said you know why they're not going to stop that is because there's nothing more fun <laughs> doing what they're doing. Oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> they would let you do that? A hundred of you riding dirt bikes <laughs> on the street, riding wheelies. Riding wheelies. That's Showing the most off. fun thing ever. Yeah. New audience every time you well, pass a car. I, um, I, I, I'm torn when I watch that stuff because my first thought is, man, this just somebody. gives our industry a, a bad name. It does. Because, yeah. Then the flip side is as I'm watching the video, I'm like, I'm so freaking envious of how good these guys are. <laughs> They're so damn they good. ride so good. Hey, I'm not going to get racist yeah, here, but I'm, I'll be straight up with you. Black dudes can outwillie the shit out of, out of me and any white. I'm talking about the precision. Well, apparently. It's ridiculous. In and out of traffic. God you know, almighty. Let go with no, one hand, drag the pavement. such envy going, Crazy. man, I've lived a whole damn life, and this guy just makes me look <laughs> like a beginner. Yeah. Like, I could throw a wheelie, but... Don't ask me to stop doing knack knacks and can cans and wheel stands, and they'll do it on like a 125. That's clapped like out. Yeah, yeah. revving, <laughs> like, jumping damn. to the seat, jumping yeah. back. To so the you bags. know, you know, why can't? Uh, no, handed. Yeah, they're on cell phones. You know, Weege's bike got stolen, right? And and wherever it was, and he has a YZF 250 oh, back in the day. And then it got recovered. It, hit, it was one of those wheelie oh, boys bikes. They, they found tire. it in Jersey. <laughs> True story. Hey, <laughs> same thing at our store. We've been hit multiple times and get bikes stolen. Mm. And then we get a call from the cops. And they're like, yeah, it was in Compton. Because a lot of times what they'll do is because they know with bikes, they can uh, get away from cops. So they'll use a stolen oh, bike to, to steal to more to crime do than things. Bike. Dang it. Yeah, because you think about it, you could get in the middle Studio of a parking lot on your dirt bike. And they, the police could surround you. If you've got and one little say, opening, and they could say, get out. go. And they couldn't catch you. <laughs> like you could get away. World champion, good fucking hey, luck, yeah. brother. Good luck catching Grant. Well, you can get away from anybody. Well, I was going to say, the way those guys wheelie, really, they just need like a bulletproof skid plate, and they could go straight past the cops. <laughs> oh, there you go. They'd be swerving left and right, dodging yeah, bullets. Yeah, like the police... The little shields they use. Watching those guys wheelie is amazing. And literally no handers. Yeah. Like they lean all I, the way back, break. I, I, I mean, watch it, I'm like, how? How? I'm like, it's a, it'll be like a YZ125 with a stock pipe. I'm like, you know, he hasn't done engine mods. I'm like, it's bone stock. And he's just 12 o'clocking it with no hands. Could that ever translate to motocross track? I mean, seriously, like those, That's a lot they're of talented skill. though. There's yeah. something to it. Yeah, like well, the, I mean, potentially the best motocrosser I, ever is ever. riding around Baltimore. He's in Baltimore somewhere. <laughs> is that where the mayor hey. is supposed to build that park? It is. Have yeah. you heard? Uh, Nick turned me on to that. There's a, a whole STEM program that's centered around kids that ride wheelies and got them into uh, physics and all this stuff. And they're like getting them off the street and, and into motocross and motorcycle careers. Great. They're building like a $2 million uh, park. Huge for facility for them to do this. That's hmm. badass. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I like hearing that. Well, I mean, let's be honest, some of these kids don't have the opportunity. They don't have a father like I have uh, or had 
have sorry, tongue twister. I still have a father, but meaning my dad who was in the moto and brought me up through motocross. So again, with some guidance, like you said, this could help a lot. And I I wouldn't be surprised to find out that some some of these kids are actually phenomenal on dirt bike. Hmm. Like somewhere out there is the next James Stewart. Yeah. Popping a wheelie. Popping a wheelie. One-handed. Talking on the phone. God. Yeah. FaceTiming it. Hey, Grant, when you were a kid, um, what did your dad do uh, for a career when you were like a mini-bike kid in South Africa? My dad was a bit of a a serial entrepreneur. He was always up to something. Um, So... Like he He bought, do stuff like... Buy a sandwich shop on a whim. Yeah, open a large <laughs> dealership. You know what? It makes sense. I kind of know where I get it from. Now <laughs> yeah, I think kind of I think we got a apple tree situation going on there, Grant. Well, so I remember when I was when I was a kid, he actually went door knocking selling life insurance, and he oh, said wow. he hated every minute of it, but he said it actually made him good money. Um, then when he couldn't take that anymore, he started. His first business was uh, installing sunroofs. That became the the hot thing in the in the eighties, wow. and uh, so because we were down in Durban by the beach, mm-hmm. so that was a thing. So he was slammed for a while. Then there was a bit of a recession there, and he lost his business. And then like he kept reinventing himself. I remember he helped build a raceway. You know, had dirt track. They were doing a drag strip. Uh, he designed the go kart track. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember walking it with him. And I'm like, I don't see it, man. We're walking through bush again. <laughs> right. And uh, I'm like, they're clearing bush. And now I'm like, you, go, you see a track? I'm like, I just, just see like dirt. But yeah. built the track. And then I remember they were, had nationals there. And we had a motocross, uh, super, a supercross event that had like never happened before. Um, and uh, it was pretty cool. And then I remember one day my dad goes, he comes home. And he's got this gigantic trailer. And it's a custom-made trailer. I'm like, what the heck is this? He goes, well, I'm starting a corporate carting business. I go, what the hell does that mean? And he goes, we're going to take out corporate events. We're going to load up. So he bought like 16 go-karts and had a custom trailer made. And uh, we would take it out to the the go-kart track that he built. And companies would have events. So so if I wasn't racing or school holidays, I was working. So... I was fueling, fueling up go-karts, checking tight temps, driving the guys around the track in, in the van, showing them the racing lines, um, cooking, cooking burgers and dogs at lunch. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun. It was quite an experience. But, and, you know, he did that for years, you know. And believe it or not, like a lot of like, uh, imagine like companies like uh, America's Tire and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like those kind of companies would take, bring their employees to do it. Yeah. And he got quite busy for a while. And then I think that was the main thing he did at the end before we left the country and went to Europe to go racing. Yeah. So he sold everything, had a little bit of money in his pocket and <laughs> took a huge gamble. But that's interesting. We often find that I, the reason I asked that question is a lot of successful motocross racers, uh, their parents were self-employed in some capacity. And that was really the only way they had the, time off to be able to take their kid to every race imaginable yeah. to find competition well, exactly we we see it at the shop like a lot of these kids that are good or in really into amateur racing 
they, when they come in, their dads are getting parts. They all own their own companies. Mm-hmm. The plumber, he's an electrician, he's a framer, a roofer. You know, I mean, we even have guys that we have a guy who comes in, he does very well for himself. He just has a bunch of vehicles, but he does carpet cleaning or floor cleaning. Oh, and he just manages his company. But yeah, you, you're right. I, most of the people own their own business that their kids race. And like you said, it's a sad reality, but the sport's expensive, and it's not just the money, it's the time. And if you walk, work a normal nine-to-five job, it's, you know, you're, you're not able to get your kid out to the track unless mom can or yeah. a buddy or a sibling or something, but it does make it really hard. That's the way Jordan Smith's dad did it. His dad was a golf pro, managed the golf course, sent the mom down to MTF and said, you got him for the next whatever, and they, they yeah. made it work, man. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. And then you hear no, stories. Everyone's story is a little different, but uh, yeah, a lot of times you see similarities. You know, we had Keith Turpin uh, on last show, and <clears throat> we were talking about uh, his dad. Like, so his dad, his dad had nothing to do with motorcycling. Like, he had some street bikes, just whatever. And then this kid showed some aptitude to ride, and his dad. It's just in my head, it was so cool that his dad immediately said, "We have to go find competition." Like Keith showed some speed. And he goes, well, we got to go somewhere. This is 1976, and he's driving 15 hours from Forest Park, Georgia, to go hunt down the baddest dude. Because you couldn't do it on the internet. Couldn't like they just had to go. Hey man, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nuts to me. Like so, like every every dude that's really successful has a Jenny Carmichael, a Gerald Langston, a Sanja, and, and Big James Stewart. Like they're the parents are so pivotal in my opinion to making that shit happen. Oh, absolutely. I, I you know I, I I've said this before in interviews, but. You know, when we went to Europe, I I was miserable. I mean, I was struggling. Like, we went, obviously, it's winter. I'm riding at tracks where it's freezing. It's been raining. I'm sucking in the sand. I don't know anyone, don't speak the language. I remember just being so homesick and miserable. And, like, I just said to my dad, you know what? I'm done. I just, I just want to go home and, and go back to school and, you know, just ride for fun. And my dad looked at me and goes, we don't have a home because I sold it to get you here. So you're not. <laughs> mm. And wow. that like was a very years old or something at this career. point. What's that? Uh, yeah, I think it was before my 16th birthday. Wow. So I was still 15, which I think for a kid, some people say that's like tough, but it was. But at the same time, I'm so thankful. He didn't just say, all right, you know, we tried. You know, I had, I'm not going to say it's on the same level, but my kids, they both played uh, baseball. And there was a time at about age 12, 13, they're like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I'm like, I think you do. Like, I, I kind of just – I didn't force them, but, like, I just kind of kept nudge. nudging them. And, and it, yeah. worked out, it worked out good. It wasn't as gnarly as you, but, like, still. Yeah, because the, the one good thing is after that, he's like, you know what, we're going to put our heads down, we're going to figure this out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it was kind of cool because – it started actually happening. I started getting better. I started getting results. I started moving up and, and getting noticed. So, and then, you know, that it's the beginning is for me was the hardest. The, the, the first few months of turning pro in Europe was really tough. And then it just got easier and easier as time went on. And then by the time I left, I was like, Oh, you know, kind of enjoy Europe, you know, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always dead set on coming to, to America to, you know, kind of, you were talking about chasing down the, the baddest dudes. I always, my dad was like that when I was a kid, you know, you'd win your local club race and then you went to the a regional and you went to a national and we would go to, you know, other parts of the country, obviously nationals. And then 
in fact in 96 i did the world minis in vegas because we didn't have we didn't have the money to come over and do loretta qualifiers and then come back to loretta so we were like my dad was looking trying to look up what's the biggest event that you can just show up and enter you know and with the schedule we didn't have a national in south africa or anything so we uh had that all planned ironically mitch mitch or pro circuit built my bike for that race hmm. um but yeah we yeah we always ended up going somewhere because i remember thinking looking back and like in 95 we went to ireland to do the british schoolboy championship and i said to my dad like where did that come from <laughs> and he goes well basically i bent the kawasaki the main guy from kawasaki south africa my dad became friends with him he loved me because i always won and you know uh anyway but like my dad's like hey we need to get him overseas. So literally he called the British importer and they knew each other and said, can you get a bike and a pipe and just really, this kid's the real deal. Can you, they need a bike. That's the biggest thing right now. And they, they arranged it. And then, so I said to my dad, oh, okay, that makes sense. He goes, you know, I couldn't just pull strings everywhere, but we needed all the help we could get. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in 95, I went to the British schoolboy championship and kicked everyone's ass and n- no one even knew who I was course and it was like who the hell is this guy <laughs> and then so cool. uh, i went back home and i'm like whoa because then you start going all right man i'm actually i started literally saying man i'm actually pretty good yeah. like because you don't know because if you went to south africa everyone kind of knew back there like yeah south african levels not exactly you know top notch so it was the first time to go overseas and it was like whoa and i was i actually was surprised because i i didn't know i i thought man what are the odds I could win this thing? And then I'm out there going, no way. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're having those conversations. Did uh, Greg Alberton offer any kind of insight or whatever at that time? Because he was kind of popping about that time too, right? Yeah. Well, so the thing is with Greg, by the time I was coming, I, I met Greg when I was a kid, like actually right before he left for Europe. Hmm. And I, I, I met him. I went and got his autograph at a race. I was riding mini motocross and I remember he won and, and we all kind of thought, man, this guy could be something special. <clears throat> um, but believe it or not, he had competition in South Africa at the time. Like he didn't have it all his own way. Uh, there was there was some talent, but once he went to Europe, he was one of the ones that didn't like crumble. He kind of flourished, and and uh, he was like I've said the story before because I tell people my heroes, Greg Albertine, because I got to meet him as a kid. I watched his whole professional career. Um, and now we're good friends, you know, and he's, yeah. he's a genuinely good guy, but he gave like this whole group of us, like this hope, like, man, we, we could be a world champion. Like he did it. Like that means it could, it's doable. Like there's a roadmap, you know, because before him, it feels like when no one's done it, like it's impossible. So he was inspirational for a lot of kids and man, we used to cheer from all the time. I remember one of my sponsors had finally got a computer and this thing called internet yes. and um, we could, and we'd stand around listening to ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we're on. And they would have the radio. Yeah. Um, MX radio. Announcing. And then, and then the lap times. Russ Stratton would do it. Really? Yeah. And we were watching. We'd all gather around. And there was, we were so excited. And I just would always go, I'll be well. And they're like, and Greg Albertine goes down. I'm like, God no! damn it, Greg. Everybody. Not again. <laughs> It's uh, wild, dude. So you can really appreciate what Jet and Hunter have gone through and and sacrificed. Um, and I know it's different, but like you, it's still them against the world. Yeah, I mean, wow. Like, uh, I, I got to say, 
I knew Jet was really was something special. God dang, um, dude. He's... But even right now, I'm going, oh, man. Because then you go, okay, all right. Well, if Eli was there, would it look as impressive, you know, or would he be even be winning? But the kid is special, and when you watch him, it looks effortless. Um, he actually reminds me a little bit of a modernized Stefan Evitz, the way he rides. Like, Standing. it's got that new four-stroke technique a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you watch him ride, I'm like, how is a guy just riding away? He looks like he's on a parade lap. But he's got great technique. Um, it's going to be interesting because I always said someone like him, as long as he doesn't get injured, because I thought maybe moves up and then gets injured. I mean, Supercross next year will be, uh, I think, a pivotal pivotal uh, point of his career because if he can go out and win, you know, the only one that's going to beat Jet Lawrence is Jet Lawrence. So yeah. as long as he can stay healthy, you know, the runway is 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 long. And I think uh, I think a lot of people are going to be scratching their heads, you know, for a while. Dude, I feel like he is RC, but a more polished. I know it's not even the same comparison, but like the way Ricky Carmichael retired so many guys, Jet Lawrence about to yeah. fuck some careers up. I hate it for him, but <laughs> but I mean, we, we say that. But I'm like, you're gonna finish second to this guy for a long. He looks ass like he's time. trail riding. I yeah, mean, man. that would be mentally difficult. And Chase Sexton is probably as the our greatest hope. Help me, Obi Wan. Yeah. You're my only hope. Yeah. Like he is the only hope we have of good racing. Well, yeah, I thought about well, today. I was thinking, do you think that? Like you remember when Jet the first Supercross who he led and he was oh, and he, he was nose weird yeah, power drove over the it, yep. it's almost like he learned so much from that yeah, incident absolutely like he it's never that let happened that happen again and it's never happened again like he it's like I'm not doing that anymore yeah. and he's been on a tear yeah and he, but if you actually look at his results too uh, what's also impressed me too is is on the days that he wasn't the fastest or didn't get the start. He learned to take seconds and thirds. And a lot of times for kids, it's so hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through that too where it was like, I don't know, you, you, you almost, you're, you're programmed that, you know, if you don't, if, if you think you can go out and win and you don't, it feels like a failure. It's a failure. And you've got to sometimes remind yourself that points are points. And if you go look at championships, a lot of times you'll see that if, on average, if you average third place at every race, you'll win the championship. Yeah, It's a little different these days because obviously you've got, couple of people screwing those uh, tallies up but in history a lot of times if you can average a third place finish that's that'll you be enough win. to win a title so you know f- for him he did um he did that you know there were days i was like oh is he gonna push or attack and i was like no that was, that was a mature ride Take a second you know? that's athletic maturity yeah most people don't have that their initial year <laughs> you know i never had that i was hard. like just we're gonna end it Oh, we just watched videos of you. We were just kind of, kind of pre-gaming before, and some of your uh, Glenn Helen stuff was just so good. Just cut the track. I'm gonna just absolutely murder number eight hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I had my moments, but you know, I like I tell people, I feel like I, I'm proud of my career. I accomplished a lot, and you know, my eye cancer held me back at the end. But you know, when you look at people like you know, Ricky, James, you know, even now Jet, some of these guys, what what they're doing at that level, I don't think people realize just how hard that is. You know, you, you look at sports like team sports, even for a team to stay on top for a while, mm-hmm. it's really hard. And this is the individual sport. It relies on one guy when he puts that helmet on and lines up behind the gate. I think mean, I know they always say it's a team sport. It is. But once that, once you line up, it's an individual sport. Yeah. And 
And there's a lot that goes on. So talent, sacrifice, willpower, strength, mental ability. Yeah, there's so much. And you, these guys that can do it like that, uh, you know, to me, I think it's it's pretty rad. It's fun to watch. It, it sucks as a, a fan because you're like, bro, you're making it boring. Like, stop being selfish. Like, start <laughs> back. 24-second lead. Like, yeah. Yeah, start backwards. Come on. Stop being... Stop being a little bitch. Turn around. <laughs> you know, you you make, make it entertainment. I like watching you ride. You could I could you always rode looked to me like with a lot of confidence. Like you no matter what play, you know, you you still had an aggressive, confident ride. And it's amazing, and you could probably speak more to like how much confidence has to do with this sport versus you know, because like, oh, you get those guys that are like absolutely. super fast, like they pull a whole shot. And just walk off and leave everybody. But if they get a sixth place start, they stay in they sixth place. Tell, yeah, me, so tell me about a day like when, you're, when you're most confident. Like when you got on the track, you're like, dude, this is it. I'm going to absolutely murder these people. Um, I've had that feeling a few times before. It's, it's, it is a lovely feeling. Um, the first time it happened, actually, that I can think of that was very, very relevant was um, my first ever GP win. It was in East Germany near the Polish border, and it's kind of sandy over there. But it was this, even when we got there, I'm like, hey, this reminds me of Hammersdale, which was a, mm -hmm. a naturally slightly rough, never groomed track that we used to train at as kids. And I loved that place. I, I grew to love it. And I'm like, man, my KTM is fast. It works well on, these, on this kind of a track. Because the PDS actually worked really well on those kind of soft rolling tracks. And... Um, because it pushed the rear wheel down the ground quicker so you could get the power to the ground, mm. which obviously on the 125s was critical. But we got there, and um, um, first practice, I'm fastest. Second practice, I'm fastest. And I had never even been close to being fastest. Oh, I think wow. maybe fifth or something was my fourth or fifth maybe at best. So, And I'm, like, comfortably quicker, like about, about a second a lap. Wow. And then qualifying comes, and my dad's like, hey, you feel like that? I feel like really good because you think you get pole. I'm like, damn straight. And I went out, I think, but I was comfortably ahead of everyone. I still thought, man, this is weird. I feel like it's just, this is too easy. It's supposed, isn't your wind supposed to be like so tough. And so, you know, you always think like, ah, oh, it's that momentous moment. We did everything, got everything right. Maybe you got lucky. And I'm like, I'm riding around and I feel like I'm just on another level. So that night, you know, because GPs were two days, and uh, so we always came to the track. We had a you know motorhome that the team provided, and we went and walked the track. And the, I remember it was getting dark. My dad's like, "But do you think you can do that for forty minutes plus two laps twice?" And I'm like, "Dad, absolutely." I said, "I don't want to sound cocky, but I said I feel like if the bike doesn't break, I've got this." And he's like, "Yeah, you know," and he was still like, "Don't get too confident." He goes, "You know how these guys are; they're very crafty." He goes, you got one lap speed, but let's see. And then I um I won easily the next day, and it was one of the most just weirdest feelings. Because even the second moto, I went down the first lap, and I uh, had to come from like 16th or something. Um, so I remember saying, "Don't panic, don't panic." It's a long moto. How old are you when you're saying this to yourself? 17. Oh shit! 40 minutes twice. No. Actually, I might have been 16. It was right around my birthday. I was either still 16 or just 17. Calming yourself down. Because at the time, I wanted it out behind Tortelli. I was the second youngest winner of a GP. I think it might have been 16. And um, 
and it was the craziest thing. And because once I went down, I had to pass guys that I had their posters on my wall like two mm. years ago. And it was a surreal moment to pass world champs and, you know, Mike Brown and, you know, Jamie Dobb and Coyote and, you know, all these top guys that I used to like kind of worship yeah. and win the race comfortably. And I'm just like, huh, that was the weirdest feeling. Like it should have been harder. And then, and then the next weekend was another tr race, another track and bloody hell battling for top 10, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> that's how it works. What the hell? I gave it everything the next weekend. I don't even know where I finished. I think it was like sixth or something. And I'm like, damn it. How does this work like this? Yeah. But we all have our, our you got to look at riders. Every rider has strengths and weaknesses. And uh, it was just one of those weekends where the, everything just was in a line. The bike was perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I was riding great. And it was just my kind of track. And it was crazy because previously I'd been fighting trying to get the top fives and then go win that easy win easily and then go back to fighting for top fives. Hey, is there something so. that uh, your dad ever told you when it finally actually worked? You're like, all right, I, I actually get what you've been drilling into my head. Like for baseball, there's these certain things like do this, do this. And when it finally works, you're like, all right, that actually did work. Like figure eights were a big uh, thing for us. Yeah. I'm trying to think. He said so much over the years, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but, you know, in the beginning, I mean, imagine we're driving cross country in a, in a, in a pickup truck. So um, it's two seats, you know, and, it's, and you we can't drive get away from it. Hours. No, no, so no it's like by, by, the time, by the time we get to the race, my ears are bleeding. And um, <laughs> race weekend hasn't even begun. But no, I mean, again, he just always try to get information or watch what the pros were doing or, or, you know, learn from, I remember he would always talk, uh, Tony Albertine, Greg's dad, he would always talk his ear off, you know, like, Hey, what, what do you do? We, you, you know, like always trying to get that information. So he always trying to get the best information. Cause again, it was kind of limited being in the other side of the world with, you know, no real internet and cell phones and, and at that stage. So, he was always telling me stuff. So I'm trying to think there was one specific thing, but I mean, I remember he got pissed at me because he said I was sitting way too much. So then he just, um, so one of the races, he takes the seat bolts out. I don't know. My seat falls off. Classic dad move. <laughs> this is a dad move. <laughs> and, and I'm like, son of a bitch, <laughs> this thing hurts. So of course I stood the whole race and then I was complaining because my legs were sore, my back hurt. And he's mm. like, he goes, yeah, but he goes, you were riding around, look, feeling awkward, but he goes, yeah, I think you won by a bigger gap than you did the first moto. And he goes, yeah. so again, he goes, the track's a little bit smooth, but get your ass out of the seat. And he was, he was always adamant about that when I was young. Um, uh, uh, not to over rev was something that he was always, he's like, because, you, you know, he was around the motor racing industry. So he knew how engine and horsepower and everything worked. In fact, yeah. my dad, used to modify my engines. Um, in fact, it gets even worse. I remember I was so pissed because he was modifying my competition's engines and it really pissed me off. And then it, I was even more pissed off when he told me, oh, this, this, the Yamaha, dude, this thing is so fast. And I was on a Honda at the time. Oh, no. And, uh, and he goes, oh yeah, they spent, they spent all the money. He goes, this thing's going to be wicked fast. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I was just telling me this. And I'm like, why? And he goes, I need the money, Grant. You know, like, you want to go race? 
And he goes, I said, yeah, but now you're building better engines for my competition. And he goes, so ride harder. He goes, you've been riding like a, a lazy fart anyway. He goes, besides, <laughs> I want I want these engines fast. So he goes, he goes, you do just enough to win. He goes, if these guys pick up the pace, you'll still win by, you know, yeah. your usual 10 seconds. He goes, they could be two seconds a lap quicker and you'll win by 10 seconds still. Because mm -hmm. he, he always said, I'd pull the lead and then just cruise. And it, it drove them nuts. Um, make the competition go faster, make you work harder. I think if I were your therapist, I would go back to the we don't have a home. That was a pretty, Ooh, that, was a pretty that was some pretty, yeah. that was some pretty hardcore shit to tell somebody. Guess what Actually, what he said, he came and he got pretty close to my face and he goes, we don't have a fucking home because I sold it to get you over here. So we're not going back. Oh my God. That's heavy. That is, that is. You should tell it like that every I don't want to hear any snowflakes cry about my dad, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, no, our bro. fifth wheel only has one yeah. AC, man. Oh, this sucks. That, that is a legendary <laughs> statement right there. Like, Also, what you just said <laughs> reminded me of what Keith Turpin, who was on last week, his dad had another guy hanging around just bending his ear all the time by the name of Dennis Bentley, Shay Bentley's dad. Same deal. Uh, he was constantly just yeah, harassing yeah. him and figuring out how this all works. I can imagine. Yeah. Hey, Don't mind the noise in the background. I'm doing my own pre-gaming. No, it's fine. You got a pre-game, dog. <laughs> We've been right pre-gaming a little bit here. Um, hey, you said your dad's good at modifying engines and such. Did he, uh, did he ever kind of build you something that wasn't available production-wise and maybe try out some new ideas? I mean, Keith Turpin came from an earlier uh, – generation but you know his dad built him disc brakes and water cooling his dad was that. modifying his factory suzuki and he passed all the suzuki team and all the japanese <laughs> engineers said what the hell did you just do like, on a they, works bike on a works bike they were like what'd you do he goes i put a damn honda carburetor on this bitch <laughs> <laughs> um you know i remember things like putting like i forget which way around it was but either i was on a yamaha and he put a honda carb on you know there were things like that mm -hmm. i remember when i in um in when was it i'm trying to remember what, anyway the first time i got on a 125 i was riding for honda in south africa and uh i actually i was still racing 80s and then my dad was like hey because in the contract we said i got two 80s and i forget how it worked at the end of the year they would just say you know just give us this amount for the bike so my dad would you know, put lipstick on a pig because my bikes were roached by the end of the season. <laughs> so he'd throw some lipstick on there and then sell it as the national champion's bike. Both of them, both yeah. of, both of my race bikes, apparently, that just came off the track. And he would get all the money in the world for them. And people were always so disappointed because they were like, there's nothing special about them. Ah. <laughs> because my dad would just, you know, clean up the head and the ports and do some jetting. I like. If we didn't have an exhaust pipe sponsor, we ran stock exhaust, yeah. you know, with dents all over it. Um, worst case scenario, they had to dip into the, the parts allowance that was very small to get a new uh, pipe. Yeah. But, yeah, it was very lean. But I remember my dad's like, hey, you know, he starts playing them off. He goes, uh, Kawasaki approached us. Oh. So anyway, next thing you know, I get a new CR125 showing up the house. And I'm like, yeah. Because yeah, all I want to do is ride a 125. And I remember we were on it, and I'm like, man, we couldn't get the suspension. I'm like, it feels stiff because I was little at that point. And uh, I remember my, my dad took the spring off, the rear shock spring, 
and I watch him in the garage, puts his goggles on, just goes to the, the, the grinder, grinding, you know, um, Wheels, not like the polisher tool, but had like the grinding metal on. Yeah. And I just see him grinding the spring. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? And he shaved off material to make it basically Flexier. a softer spring. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's amazing. And I'm like, he totally winged it. I'm like, how'd you know how to do that? He goes, I figured, got to try something, right? Because we managed. couldn't afford to go get kit suspension or something Gerald else. Gerald so. Bones Langston over there. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, exactly. Bones. Exactly. Yeah, it was very <laughs> primitive, but we got through it. I remember behind the the driver's seat in, in, in his pickup, there was a big metal bar, and he said it was for straightening handlebars. So when you crash, you bend them, you yeah. take the bar and straighten it. Stick I'm like, pipe on the no one straightens. Or... Yeah, now you bend your bars, you change them. You know, back then, it's like, we don't have that budget. You know, bend them back. It sounds and like then Barry Carson's it... lever budget. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much. Maybe. And if you were in downtown and somebody tried to steal your motorcycle, you could take the bar straightening pipe out. Yeah, and well, well, I was going to say, in South Africa, it works for two reasons: one, straightening bars, and two, maybe to whack someone who's trying to hijack you. Knock some <laughs> teeth out with that thing. Do you ever get back down there? When's the last time you've been to South Africa? I used to go religiously. In fact, we used to have a a business there until just recently, which kind of like a small version of like a WPS or Pass Unlimited. We oh. import and distribute brands in South Africa. Um, but it's just, it's so hard and it's just not, it wasn't worth the, it's it's just hard trying to work with the business when you're not even there on the yeah. other side of the world. So I, I basically gave my partner an offer. I just said, just throw us a bone and we'll be out of here and your son can come in as your partner because his kid's taking over. So... They were cool with that. But yeah, I, I went every year at least once until in the last time I went was 2019. Mm. Um, and then and then even with COVID, it was like, well, we'll wait on that one. I'm like, I'm not dealing with all this COVID bullshit. Yeah, so uh, let the dust dust settle. And um, but now my uh, my kids really want to go. And my son's 18 and my daughter's turning 17. So I said to her, next year you're 18. Like, you know, you, over there you can drink, you can do everything. So I said, let's go and we'll have a family vacation and we'll make the most of it. So they're pumped. So I think we're going to go tail end of next year because obviously with the seasons are opposite. So right now it's winter. So you don't want to go now. Right. But, I mean, you could. It's not bad, but it's like I want to enjoy it. When you go back there – does it still feel like it's your home or are you so fully immersed in American culture now that you get back here and you're like, no, nah, this is home. Yeah. In, in all honesty, it's weird, but I feel like a foreigner when I go there. Really um, I've, I've, I have Americanized over the years because even some of my friends that I grew up with and that I feel like, man, we're actually, we're a lot different than we used to be. Does it make sense? Yeah. Like, their culture and lifestyle and everything is, is great, but you know, they over time, man, it's just like a tree, you know, with branches, you slowly just kind of separate, and then you realize almost things like we don't have a lot in common. We're really far apart um, now, yeah, yeah, like, like things it's weird, it really is. Um, um, because there's some people I, I hate to say it, but they're always like, hey, when you make sure you visit when you're back, and I feel like going, no, I'm only here for a I few don't know days, what to talk and with. To you about. I don't want to waste my time. And then I, 
I feel bad, but I'll make an excuse why I ran out of time or yeah. how it didn't work out. But it does. It gets tough because uh, there are a lot of good people. But like I said, once you start losing that, I don't know, that real connection or whatever it is, it, it is. So I go there and they're like, oh, I have people. Oh, where are you from? I'm like, I was actually born here. <laughs> you know? Right. Hey, do you have I'm any like, oh, regret? Like, I said, you sound American. <laughs> I want to ask you one of your biggest regrets. Was it when you dyed your hair bleach blonde? No. You know what's funny is when I dyed my hair bleach blonde, everything was going really well. I couldn't I couldn't do anything wrong in life. Like I, everybody was doing I, it. I was just messing with you. I, that was the thing to do. I could never pull that shit. No, it was weird. The minute when I and then I colored my hair back to normal and then got cancer and fucking oh. everything went to shit. Uh, I should have kept the bleach. So the only was. thing I hated was burnt the scalp. Burnt <laughs> the scalp. Yes. That's a side effect a lot of people don't speak about when they're pimping on fully white hair. Might have caused the eye cancer. I mean, you're sweating, it runs in your eye, next thing you know, boom. Yeah. Maybe. But he looked good that one year. Sue Vidal Sassoon, you would own that shit. Yeah. That'd be another business you could get into, Grant. (laughs) Air coloring. Like, how did you do that? Like, did you go to a special place or just some janky place? No. Bottle of it? No, I went to, uh, have you heard of, you must have heard of Lonnie. Yep. Lonnie, Lonnie's, Lonnie's girlfriend or Lonnie's something dated at one time. a few, few of the old pros uh, yeah. over the years. And, she dated Jeff, I'm um, sure. Okay. I've so known Lonnie for a long time. Fair enough. And uh, so uh, we've always been friends. So she, I always go to her and get my hair done. That's good to know. So if I'm out there, if I want to get Lonnie's <laughs> hair care, she's still doing it? Oh, yeah. Lonnie's it's not far from tips. My, he was beyond frosted. It was. I know, man. It was Jack. It was full frost. White. Yeah. Oh, that's what I told you. The scalp was burning. Oh, man. <laughs> that is wild. You went in all could in. Never, all in. Hey, could I? That's why I was like, the 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 carpets don't match the drapes. <laughs> there's no way I was gonna get it all even up down yeah, there. Yeah, we're gonna stick with the burning on this. Yeah, we burn the wiener all. We're yeah. burning the other one. <laughs> Yeah, you can't have that that's, head. That's hey, did you have jewels. earrings yeah, too? Yeah. Like, did you pull the full the McGrath big silver look? hoops? Yeah, I didn't have silver hoops, but I did pierce my ears. Yeah, pierce. Uh, I, I, I still remember my dad wanted to punch me, so we were running around the car, and I'm like, I'm an adult, I can do it. <laughs> He's gonna fucking rip those things out of your ear. <laughs> you have a little shell you. necklace, a uh, tight uh, little shell necklace, oh, yeah, tight shell necklace, <laughs> a little, little cookie shell. Yeah, um, yeah, I had, I think I had one when I was in Europe. And then I had the uh, a little gold chain, and then uh, the the girl I was dating at the time, she got a custom uh, one eleven, um, you know, gold. What do you call it? Like dink like dangly things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I felt like a pimp for a while, yes. and then I realized. <laughs> I look back and go, yeah, no. I remember my dad said, one day you look back and go, what was I thinking? I'm like, yeah, I get it. Uh. Yeah, we're picking at we you. It's, a, not, um, it's not like we all didn't no, do stupid all, shit. No, that's why we know what you <laughs> yeah, had. Yeah, exactly what you had, because I was like, man, I wish I could do that. We I all would, did similar I would totally do that. I would spike my hair and listen to Green Day. God, this would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, I want to be Billy Corgan so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, well, the, the crazy part is I can't believe how long those guys have been going, Green Day. They're still I mean, doing think it. about it. How long they've been relevant. That's crazy. It's like 92, 93. Like, I, I, when I, Jeremy first hit, I associate Green Day and, and Jeremy McGrath because they like literally. That's your time. They line. did a knack knack and off we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Green Day busting a knack. 
the 90s were cool i i, I follow some of these uh pages on on you know instagram whatever and i love it when they post like the old crusty and terra firma yeah. clips because yeah. i remember watching those things over and over and over again so like i don't like someone mentioned the name of a band i'm like i don't know and then i'll hear a song and i'll sing it they're like Dude, that's the band I was mentioning. And I'm yes. like, oh, I didn't know that song because of Krusty, you know? That's right. I didn't, I've never heard any of the other songs, but I know that song by heart. That was such a move. I mean, nothing like that had ever been, you know, mass produced and everybody got it. It was so Unbelievable. cool. We had that movie debut in movie theaters here and the whole Moto community would show up to watch it. I mean, we were blown away. Yeah, I know that those were fun. Well, you know, I, it was funny. I was talking to my dad about it and he said, he said that on any Sunday, revolutionized uh, teenage boys in South Africa. He said it was the first time anything remotely involving motorcycles was at the you know the cinemas at the big screen. Like yep. my dad said, they're like, no, there's this new you know movie we need to go watch it. And my dad said he still remembers when the lights came on at the end of the movie. He's like, they were all looking at each other like. We got to get a bike. And he's like, every kid was obsessed with getting a bike. And then, of course, it was cool. So you got the chicks. And so motocross blew up in South Africa. Wow. Almost, you could almost purely say based on that movie. Well, it's the same thing here. Like, that's so funny. Like, I saw it in a drive in, the second one, with my parents. With a Model like, T. I'm like, Ford. come on. Like, yeah, it was 1836. It was a wagon. It was horse drawn. Yeah, it was in the Oklahoma. We had the land rush. We settled in. And, <laughs> No, but like I remember, it's a, it was so revolutionary, just like what you're talking about. But that's funny you say it happened. The same thing happened down there, just like here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's not. Um, actually, it was it was cool because uh, after I knew that story, uh, I happened to see Malcolm Smith, mm. and I got I got on any Sunday the DVD, so my dad could watch it again, and I got Malcolm to sign the case and the disc, that's and cool. my dad was pretty pumped. He's like. You want to watch it? I'm like, no, no, I gave it to you. I got to go. Like, yes. you enjoy it. <laughs> That's right. I promise you he did. But back then, we used to be so hard up for anything that had a dirt bike on it or a motorcycle on it. I can remember watching, like, waiting on a music video in the 80s to come out. Like, uh, there was, like, the Eurythmics. Yeah. Just because they or revved. Or Tears for Fears. And they yeah. Did. They revved a motorcycle up at the beginning. And then, or Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant. Or, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, that's kick-ass. You know what I mean? And it, it was like an... LTD 750. And that's all we got, though. <laughs> yeah. That there was, was no other options. Nothing. So you yeah. like clamored for that kind of stuff. Kids today. Well, are... that's, that's the thing. We were starving for anything. I mean, uh, I remember, I feel like a bit of a dick for saying this, but it's true. There was a kid. I didn't really care for him that much. He always wanted to hang out with me, but he rode and his parents were rich. So they had satellite TV so they could get you know, Speed World and ESPN. So I kind of was this kid's friend just so I could go to his house and watch motocross and supercross. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, oh, he was always stoked when I was there. And he was, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, oh, I got you. I, I, so I got to get going. I'll do every yeah, Saturday you. night Thanks. at 10 o'clock. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you would watch well, Speed World and see that 30 seconds of, of motocross highlights. That's, and it was like That's the, the only reason you watched. I yeah. that. I was like, wow, at least we know what happened. <laughs> Yeah. We don't have to wait for the magazine because that was a thing in South Africa, like dirt bike and, and motocross action. They, they, we would get the magazines at the stores 
My dad would stand there, read them front to back. I would walk the whole shopping center <laughs> to kill time. And then you'd put it back on the shelf and leave. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Take it for a little test drive. Then, Damn. But then, yeah. but then if there was like really something really, really important, he'd go, oh, remind me. I need to come back and get that. I'm like, why don't you get it now? He goes, no, no, no. By next month, That'll it'll be, be like, dollar. yeah, it'll be a dollar instead of 20 bucks, you know, because yeah. they were expensive. I remember. And oh, he's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it when it's on blowout. And then. Um, wow, that's great. Yeah. I have some funny memories. I still remember him going, hey, Grog, come here. And I walked in, and he's on the shitter. And I remember, my, <laughs> like, the wallpaper was peeling. My eyes were watering. And he was oh, trying wow. to show me Tony O'Mara's Mugen Honda that was on the front page of Motor uh, Action. Yeah. And I remember. No, I, lean my, in. Look. I, no, I, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look at this. And I'm like, dude. Oh, I'm like, I got to get out of here. I, I can't, do I have to? So I do remember. I have some fond memories of, of growing up. The fumes made that Mugen Honda like an off-white by the time you oh, got the magazine, right? Gas. Yeah, pure race gas oh. that we were inhaling. Yeah, you know, Grant, you um, so you lived through the whole Ricky Carmichael era there, and, um, and I don't know that people were really growing up living at these training facilities. Like, when, when you were a pro in America, I think – you probably got to still experience some of the, the shenanigans of the nineties were still maybe going on a little bit. I mean, did you, or was it, Oh God, Ricky's training this hard. We all got to train that hard. I mean, we know you did obviously, but yeah, did you get I to have I, some fun too? Oh, I did. I definitely, you know, if I look back, I, I got it. Hard, in, there, if were, you will. <laughs> there, there were times where, um, I think the first time I realized I was screwing up, um, I came to America and obviously Oh one and, uh, was a good season. Generally speaking, didn't win a championship, which was frustrating. But then, uh, I mean, I met a lot of hot chicks and I mean, I was a typical dude. I wanted, I, w I was always motivated to train and race and win and all that, but for sure, like, the chick situation was definitely a bit of a distraction because in 02, I had, um, I injured, basically we had a, a mechanical and I had a bail off the bike and I, it uh, blew my knee out and, and that, and I was out for a little while and, and I went to have a suit for the first time. Oh, yeah. And that was probably not a good thing because, um, I was around people. I think Jeremy was out there. I think I was on his boat if I remember, but, Anyway, it was just the gnarliest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And these chicks out there turn into total sluts. They all leave their morals <laughs> when they left the house. They got pasties. They're hammered. They want dick. Oh. And I just remember going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I, this is like a mental overload. Yes. And but it wasn't that, fair either. You had the accent. Like, I'm sure uh, the accent. I'm guessing you got used to it yeah, relatively the quickly. The though. accent was probably a huge, yeah. oh, huge draw. Well, you know, I, I don't mean this like in an arrogant way, but a lot of times people are like, what's your best pickup line? I go, hello, my name's Gron. <laughs> oh, where are you from? And that, that's a conversation And it starter. always works, right? So yeah, it is your best one. Uh, oh, my great. God, that's so cool. You know, I never met someone, so I forget. Yeah, you're about to. The reason I asked you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're about to. I'm African from the waist down, honey. <laughs> exactly. The, the reason I ask you that, and this is later, this is 07, Motocross to Nations there in Maryland, uh, Bud's Creek. 
Uh, when the race really was really boring a, event, not a lot of activity. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> didn't have a good turnout or anything. But oh. so by the time us spectators got off the track, and it took forever, and got through the pits and went to where we had our camper 500 miles away. There you are. Uh-huh. You beat us all. <laughs> you were coming out of the far back lot. And I know you'll never remember this, but I had a, uh, a replica blue and white motocross donations helmet and I handed it to you and you signed it or something. And, um, and everybody's yelling Zulu warrior and all this stuff. And, and you just, you went, you were going against the crowd and I'm thinking, now, this didn't occur to me until years later, but I'm like, now what in the world was Langston doing back there in that wild-ass campground? <laughs> the race, it took us an hour to get out of the track, you know, and, of course, you didn't have to struggle with that. You were coming from a different place, but it just, it always made me think. <laughs> Grant may have had was some it, fun at the Was track. it after the race? Yeah, it was after the last moto. Maybe an hour well, afterwards. I don't know. Well, I... Well, at that time, at, well, you still buds, right? Oh seven. Yeah, buds oh yes. seven. Yeah. Well, I was married, so now I wasn't in the woods doing something else. But <laughs> we had quite a, we had quite a few South Africans that flew over. Oh yeah. And they were camping all over, so I, I was probably spending time with those guys, knowing I wouldn't see them for a, you know a while. But it was cool. There was about, there was about almost fifty people that kind of fifty got South together Africans. And wow. So yeah, cool. that flew over to watch. So I would, honestly, I was probably visiting with those. A lot of those guys actually that came over, ironically, used to hate me because they didn't like this kid coming up and beat them. And then once they got over it and were like, all right, this guy's just better than me, they all became big fans of mine. Respect. So it's cool. Yeah. They hated me and then they loved me. And now they come overseas to support their fellow South Africans. And it's cool. That's, that's the thing I do love about um, donations. And I'm, I'm glad buds i mean uh, red bud has been able to show americans like what it's kind of like because it really yeah. is one of those unique events and what i love is you got people from all over the world and i remember being in the campground on saturday night hanging out with all these people and i still remember new zealand didn't qualify because i think two of the three riders got hurt and they were there and townley and all their team was out there yep. with their fans and now you got you know, they're wearing black and white. You got American fans, you got Europeans, you got South Africans, Australians, and everyone's there. And it's like everyone's talking shit a little bit, but it's yeah. fun shit. And then people are hugging and high fiving, and we're going to kick your ass tomorrow. And it's a, just a cool vibe. It's one of the most unique events. And uh, yeah, I was so glad that they were able to come back to Redbud. Obviously, the first time the weather sucked, oh, but yeah. the event was insane. I was out there. I didn't go to the last one, but you know, saw enough video to know that that's oh, cool. It was great. You know, it was a that, great time. And the crowd was incredible and, that, and people dragging these huge stereos powered by a car battery or horns powered by a car battery. Yeah. And the noise makers. It was great. Oh, uh, and that's the thing. You don't you don't typically get you know, in Europe now that's become a bit of a staple because let's say um if they go to um Holland, you know, the Dutch crowd really want to come out and show Hurlings their support. So they got their chainsaw yeah. and the air guns and the Vuvuzelas and whatever they can get. <laughs> yep. And, uh, um, you know, and then they would go to, uh, you know, Slovenia, like Geiser's home. You know, for them, they don't have many superstars. So when he comes to his home GP, they go ballistic. They, they got flares off, going. Yeah. They got, 
they, I mean, some of these places you hear air, the old World War II air raid sirens going off, winding up in the background. Like, it's insane. And uh, starts. Dude, it's a, yeah. it is the best sporting event I've ever been to in my life was 07 Bud's Creek. Hands down, all time amazing. I, you know what? I, I, I really enjoyed it, but I had the worst racing luck I think I've ever had on a weekend in my life. Yeah. On Saturday, USA goes 1-1 with Villapoto and RC. Me and RC battled most of the heat, uh, the qualifier. It was it was cool because the crowd was going nuts. Of course, they were cheering for Ricky, but they were just a lot of them were cheering for both of us. It felt yeah. like. Oh yeah. Uh, and then, and then some Portuguese guy got the blue flag, looked over his shoulder, saw Ricky, and turned hard left, and mm. I center punched him. I still oh. think I gave him a bit of a kick when I was picking my bike up because <laughs> I was irritated. Because I was enjoying the battle. But Ricky was retiring. That was his last race. Yep. Um, and then, anyway, I picked the bike up. I'm like, whoa, we dropped the pack. We were so far in front. Oh, wow. I took my time and still comfortably got second. Um, and then RV won the 250s and Swanepoel got second. I'm there like, yay. Because one of my dreams was to get to be a part of a South African team that got on the podium. Mm -hmm. um, like that was always like, we came close a couple of times, but I was like, this is the, this is the year guys. This is the year. Like, all right, nobody screw up. I went down four times in the first moto. I've oh. never crashed four times in my life. Man. I've never crashed four times in a moto in my life, except for Bud's Creek donations. First moto. Yeah. And you were like in the zone. That was your sweet spot of your career, man. You were, yeah. you were in the mix. Yeah, I rode like a complete Wally that weekend. And you were, fresh I, I mean, not like, like yeah, I, I just, it just was one of those unlucky weekends. Um, and then the second moto, um, I got the crappy gate pick because we kind of agreed. With, it seemed to work for Villapoto. And the, the way America did it is they gave R, uh, RV the inside. And, Good one, yeah. okay. and then those guys got out front and the 450s were battling the past them. So we were like, all right. I took one for the team. I said, I'll go outside. And I'm just thinking, all right, rip a good start. Well, I hashed that as well. So I came from way back. And I, I remember, I just remember Steve Ramon was world champion that year. And he was an ex-teammate of mine um, when I rode for Harry Ebbets my rookie year in Europe. And I just remember thinking, I can't let these American fans down. The national champ has to beat the world champ. Absolutely. And I was like, I'm Motherfucker, even means nothing <laughs> overall. And I ran them down, and I almost got Red Dog, but it went RC Red Dog me in the final moto. But yeah. hell yeah! At the end of the day, I was like, well, that didn't really work out, but it was a fun weekend in in general. I enjoyed it, dude. I love it. Was cool because uh, Albertine was team manager, you know. So oh, wow. it was full circle, man. It was pretty cool all around. Super cool. Hey, before we let you go, I I cannot let you off the hook without talking about Troy, Ohio. The race you won but didn't have to race. Troy, no, I didn't win it. No, I know you, you didn't, never raced it. You I didn't won have the championship. You won yeah, the you championship. Got your championship. Like you're without... at Brock Sellers' house. You get the phone call. Like just for all the folks that don't know how you won that title, kind of take us through that weekend and that blurry weekend. I'm sure it ended with someone blacking out. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Josh Hampton was trying to get hit by cars at one point. Um, it was. It, it was weird because it was at a point of the season where I felt like I was the only one staying there that really had anything to gain or lose. 
Pingree, I remember him. He's like, fuck it. I mean, they're going to be 16th or 17th. Who gives a flying <laughs> fuck, you know? And Chad Reed's like, I'm third. You know, Ricky and James kicked my ass. I'm over it. I want the season done. And, you know, everyone there was just kind of like, I wish it was over. Like, call it. Like, this is dumb. Well, like, Tedesco set, was set there. the table, though. Like, for, for let's say nobody's, everybody that's listening has no idea what you're talking about. We're at Brock Sellard's house um, in, it's outside New Philadelphia, Ohio. That's right. I think it was, what's the name of this? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the actual name. It was little, uh, it's, I wouldn't even call it town. There's a few homes there. And uh, no cell service. And everyone kind of ended up being there because it wasn't that far from Troy, Ohio. And a lot of us were kind of staying on the road, riding local tracks and that, because we, we would get burned out of going to Glen Helen every week. Or, you know, there was, there's only like a couple of good tracks. But like, Hey, wait, so, so Troy, Troy was not supposed to be the last round, right? No, it was supposed to be like round eight or nine and it flooded. And then they said, Hey, we're going to postpone it. So I think the last round was meant to be steel city, but then it was like, we'll put Troy Ohio after that. Okay. And then it, the, the river flooded again. And and I'm in Ohio, and it, I, I remember just thinking it is pissing rain nonstop. And all I'm hearing, you know, when I'm talking to like Larry Brooks and the team, they're like, "Rhino's out here doing 30 minute motos or 40 minute motos <laughs> like a mad <laughs> two hour." I'm sitting there going, and I'm sitting there in Ohio going, "There's nowhere to ride. Like literally everything is underwater." Um, and no one else, no one else cares. They're like, "I have to cancel the race." I'm like, "Well, actually." Wouldn't be the worst thing that happened, but yeah. I was thinking, like, I just want to go ride. I'm like, is there anywhere where it's not pissing rain within driving distance? And it was like, nope. Called all these tracks, called everywhere. And uh, so I was like, God oh, damn it. And then I don't know if it was that day or the next day, because that week we're just sitting there and I'm kind of like a little frustrated because I can't get out and ride. And I'm like, this is driving me nuts. And there's no gym nearby. And, you know, kind of hard to go run because it was pissing rain the yeah. roads were running anyway i'm like this is frustrating and then uh we're hanging out in this basement and trish his brock's wife i think answered the phone the house the house phone because like i said no one had cell service and they were like apparently i think if i remember correctly everyone involved was sitting at a big round table and made the decision Hey, we're going to cancel that. The, the, we can't run the race. Uh, the track is like several, like 10 feet underwater. Like wow. there's no hope in hell. Um, Cause I thought maybe they would go back to a steel city or a Glen or do something. Yeah. I, I was thinking they're not going to cancel. It's never actually, you know, anyway, it's probably happened, but who knows? So Trish is like, they're like, Oh, Hey, is this uh, is it? like Trish um, is, is Brock there? So Brock comes up. So of course, I think he—I don't know if he talked. He was on the speakerphone with them. So I—I I think he—I don't know if it was Davey who actually spoke to him or whatever. And they were like, "We're trying to get hold of GL." You know, basically to let them know, like, championship's over. Um, is he there? You know, and Brock comes down. He nonchalant. Hey, GL. <laughs> hey, man's on the phone. Want to let you know they want to let you know you're a champ to cancel the last race. And Brock was a prankster, and I still went, huh, huh, huh. 
good one. I <laughs> said, hey, I said, I was even, I even said to him, I said, yeah, I said, not funny, bro. I said, like, I'm stressing <laughs> and you're making a joke. And he's like, seriously. And I'm standing there and he's like, Grant, go upstairs and get on the damn phone. So as I walk, they're all following me. Like, everyone's following me because Reed's there and, and uh, Tedesco and Pingree and Oh, wow. I think Michael Byrne. I, I forget how many, there was like a, at least a dozen writers and wives and and everyone. So they're all slapping on the back. We we'll walk up this little staircase to go up to this, and I'm thinking, I, I felt like I was walking into some trap or some you know. Pashton Kuchar's there, like, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you were champion? Oh, that's a good one, loser. <laughs> um, so I go, I get the phone, and literally, hey, I just want to tell you, you know. Championship's over, and we want to congratulate you, the champ. Wow! And everyone's listening in. I'm like, "Are you serious?" They're like, "Yeah, sorry, we had to call you, but we just wanted to make sure you knew." And it was like, it took me a second because I'm like, "These guys are," you know. I'm going, "Wait a minute, is this Still. a prank on really far?" Because I'm like, I almost felt like saying, "I think I said it's not funny," and they're like, "No, you're here." And then I hear people in the background, "Yes, Grant, congratulations." You're officially the 2003 AMA 125 national champion. How's it feel? I go, fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so great, man. It was weird. It was because um, then all of a sudden everyone is just cheering and screaming. I think they were throwing me in the air. I'm going, like it. It really was. It was. It was. I'm trying to remember. But I, I do remember being a bit of a blur going, what just, like, is this for real? Like, I'm not holding anything. I didn't cross the finish line. Like, I, you know, just all these things are going through my head. And somehow, next thing you know, all the girlfriends and wives are loading up shopping carts of liquor and alcohol. And, <laughs> uh, and then they convinced me and i think chad bought a couple but we went to fred andrews dealership yep, and Andrew bought Lana. all the one um i forget how many i bought i think i put like four on my credit card and <laughs> we just we didn't even use tight we literally took brand new bikes and threw them in the back of a pickup like yeah like like seven or eight of them i think total and went back and just started pounding drinks and and um bringing back room I, it wasn't even planned but remember the old you know the old crusty demon videos when they'd yeah. be on the z50s that's right you know you got you got a fire going here and you got people jumping over it and they're making a track and everyone's drinking you do a lap and drink we were doing that shit and we literally just got oh i, I don't i don't think josh hansen had ever been drunk because we went to this place called the red onion and mm. let's just say a full set of teeth was not anything that we saw that night and uh <laughs> And uh, I remember um, Hanny got hammered and he's getting like emotional teary out. He's like, I can't ride a four stroke because he was on the Yamaha <laughs> Troy. And I remember he goes, Every time I hit a jump, the bike just goes bowling. <laughs> and then next thing you, he's man. fucking walking out in front of cars on the highway. Well, I say highway, it's a single lane highway, but you know, speed limit's like 55. Oh, and he's walking out in front of cars. I'll I'll never make my dad proud. Oh, We're like, hey, no. settle down. Let's go have some fun, buddy. Uh, oh, that got heavy. 
Wow, very man. Heavy. What, a, what an epic night. I love, I love that You're story. You're like, that sucks for you, but I just want a championship. Don't bring the you start getting third person. Don't bring down no. the champ. Come on, man. Yeah. Hey, Hanny, it's not about you. It's about me, bro. <laughs> get out of the road. Let's go drink some more. The if champ says, get out of the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so he, he was just a kid, and I – yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I think he was under. Yeah, he was underage. So we were getting him drinks. I remember there were some of the locals. They thought we were cute. Next thing I look over, and Tedesco is like dancing with this chick, and she's the most hideous thing I've ever seen. And he's laughing his ass off, double fisting with drinks. Beer goggles. Um, yeah. Oh, well, he was just, you know, he was just hammered, laughing, having fun about with it, not like hitting on her or anything, but it was literally just. I remember we were trying to go out for dinner. We came back. We're like, all right, let's sober up a little bit. And some people drank water. Some people drank more. And then it's still pissing rain. So I remember we're, we're in a uh, – I forget whose car. It was one of the – I think it was Tedesco's rental car. He's like, you drink less than me. I'm like, no, I just handle my alcohol more than you. So I said, <laughs> I'll drive. You're having it. Right. So he goes, I forgot my wallet. Runs back in the house. Because it's pissing rain in the middle of nowhere. There's no street lights, No nothing. It's dark. It's just the headlights on the car. And I'm like, where is this guy? And out of nowhere, this body just comes flying. And he, he basically ran and jumped to slide across the hood of the car. But it was so wet. He flew across, landed on the driveway, did a tuck and roll, and went down the bank. Oh, <laughs> comes back up, covered in mud. Give me five minutes. I've got to change. I'm like, for fuck's sake, Tedesco, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were so oh, many man. funny moments. I remember Ellie Reed. T-boned me so hard. I had a hematoma on my leg on a pit bike. <laughs> oh. Someone decided it would be a good idea. Brock had an indoor, like, uh, it was an old uh, pole. Uh, what do you, what do you, you know where they walk horses in a circle? Oh, pole barn, yeah. Maybe? Well, yeah, exactly. So Brock's like, I'm going to throw some concrete down here and make this some storage area. So we're in there. We got the hose pipe going. Next thing, there's dish soap. So <laughs> oh, I come in. So I come in the turn, I got my leg out, and Ellie just didn't, re- you know, didn't realize how slick it was. Straight up T-bones me. Thank God there wasn't a race that weekend because I don't know if I would have been able to get no, my leg out of the you bike. You were out, taken out by Reed's wife. <laughs> what? Just how many riders can claim T-bones. that? They got hit by their competitor's wives, you know. Dish soap on a uh, wet, wet barn floor, man. That's a next-level mini-biking right there. Well, on the 110s, it was like, it was like, it was fun, man. You're just sliding everywhere. God, that's great, man. Well, we yeah. made the most of it. I, I, I look back like and you did. Man, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a blur, but we literally, it was somehow just between all of us in a good mood, we made the most out of being in the middle of nowhere yeah. with nothing to do. Probably one of the better championship and, celebrations for anybody, man. It's just impromptu. You never saw it coming. Uh, well, what's funny is, by the end of it, I felt bad. I said, Brock, dude, I'm so, I know the place is pretty, like, trash from it. Um, and we, we were getting on a flight, you know. And, uh, and then by the end, he's like, oh, it's cool. He goes, I, I just inherited, like, five 110. So he yeah. goes, I'll sell them. I'm good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Pay the cleanup bill, right? He kept a couple. Well, yeah. I put, I, th- I think, two, I, think I, I put one underneath the motorhome in the storage and then one in, in the van. <laughs> So I took two of the four. Yeah. That's great, man. They were trash. Well, um, one one last question. We can switch gears just shortly. Uh, the 
the photos of Langston Motorsports, it it looks like you have a big shelf around the edge or something with some vintage bikes up there. Am I imagining this? I swear you guys have a collection. Oh yeah, yeah, there is. Okay, who who yeah. is into the vintage stuff? Is that something your your dad may have done, or you got a little itch? It's my dad. That? Oh yeah. So my 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 dad's passion is. I mean, he basically with the dealership, he. He works part time. Um, I think he just likes to be involved and yell at people at, from time to time. So he <laughs> digs that stuff. But the main thing is, what he—I said he was a good engine builder. What he—what he actually is really good at is um, vintage bike restorations. Okay. He does phenomenal work. Um, I, I help him sometimes, and we do it little father son projects. But yeah, he's got some beautiful little collection going, but he's not the guy that goes and buys a bike and puts in his collection. He buys a bike that needs to be restored and takes a, you know, and then does the work. And, you know, when you look at a bike and you go, Ooh, that's a lot of work. And, um, and yeah, he's really good at it. and He loves it. And he's, I've got some bikes. He's got quite a collection. Um, and then, we do a vintage bike show at the shop every year and it's grown and grown and grown. Yeah. And every, so then the last few years we did a, um, a build off, you know, my dad used to watch like, uh, yeah. What our show was the father, son, they'd always bicker and, uh, um, yeah. Orange County, Orange County, County Chopper or something. Yeah. Yeah. Orange yeah Cause my mom's like, that's you and your father. You two. They're like, you, <laughs> oh, you God. just get it done. Paul senior and yeah, Paul yeah. junior. <laughs> so we, we would always, like kind of you know no bullshit like you know no you don't know what you're talking you know we'd always have to go at each other and my mom's like someone said we should do a build-off yeah team team little gl team big gl and uh so we split the teams up and it was fun because it created this competitive fun competitive vibe in the in the workshop yeah and my dad was convinced based on all his skills and that that he was going to win and then I just reminded him he's not nearly as popular as I am. So I went hands down every year. He goes, you could roll up a piece of shit and you'd still win. I'm like, you're right. That's right, Dad. Don't hate the player. Hate there's, the game, there's brother. There's a few people who know who I am. There it is. That's great, man. So we do. So, yeah. So actually, when I hang up, Kevin, I'll, I'll send you one. But I, I did a an RC replica, a 99KX125. Oh, um, Mitch helped me. We actually had a the reason I got the idea is because every year, like people are like, how do you come up with what you're going to do? I go, honestly, it's, it's what we have in front of us or what we think we could do. Yeah. So the first yeah. couple of years, we actually did 500s. We did, I did a CR, my dad did a KX. Of course I won. We do a voting system. I won hands down. Shocker. <laughs> and then the next year we both did KX 500s, one hands down. Shocker. And then the next year, you know, we mixed it up and did some two fifties and, and then this last year, we actually had a guy that brought in a 99 KX125. It was pretty roached out. And how it works at a dealership, guy comes in, bike doesn't run. All right, we'll charge you for a diagnosis. And then once we know, we'll call you. So diagnosed, basically called the guy. It's fucked. Like, the bill is more than the bill. That's million. your diagnosis, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we told him what it cost to fix it. And he goes, I don't have that money. So we said, okay, we'll come pick your bike up, pay for the, the hour diagnosis. And, and he never came. And we called and called and called. Well, eventually I'm like, this bike's been in the he's back here coming. forever. I go, I go, well, no, he said he's not 
coming. So um, you can uh, do a lean sale. In, okay. And uh, so I was like, ooh, I want to lean sell it because I want the title. And then I was like, what is this, a 99? I'm like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I always loved the, the 90, late 90 pro circuit bikes. I thought those things were awesome. absolutely gorgeous. So I, um, and I, and I'm a big Ricky fan. I, you know, I got to watch that guy and I just would shake my head and go, how the hell does he keep doing that? Yeah. Like he was such a beast. Uh, um, you know, I do things that are, you know, in, uh, you know, that, that, that's more my era, I guess, you know, I yeah. love the nineties. Like I want to, I want to build some two strokes with my dad. Like I want to do a, I really want to do like a 95 or 96 CR 250 MC replica. I want to do uh, I want to do like an early 90s 45 Bradshaw. Bradshaw Ooh. was one of those guys that I really loved watching Love as a guy. kid. Like, yep. yeah, you know, so, you know, there is, there's, uh, that's the stuff I like. But my dad, he's done like um, several Honda Elsinores. Uh, he's got okay. also Phantoms. Yeah. He's got, he's got a Harley Davidson, the motocross bike signed. By the guy that raced it, Rex Dayton and Marty Trice. You know, yeah. he's. Um, I actually have an '86 CR 250, and I want to make it look like RJ's RJ. championship bike, and then RJ Bailey and Amara to sign it because they went one, two, three in both series. So that's what you want to make projects. But um, yeah, it, it's fun. It's it's fun that you know now. Now the cool thing is my dad's a lot chiller than he used to be. So. We get along oh, so quite well. Enjoyment doing that's great, man. I'm glad I found us yeah, a home, so we, Dad. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the nice thing is, I was happy for my parents. They they built their dream home. They have a badass house up in the hills, oh, but the great. the million dollar view. So, um, no, it's it's cool that as a family we did a lot together, and then we're still all close, and uh, we've all you know we've all done one for well for ourselves. Yeah. Did you were you able to keep any uh, any of your championship bikes or works bikes or do you have anything cool in the? Garage? I have all of them except my world championship bike. I I was me and my dad are too young and naive to remember to ask to have that in the contract. Yeah. After that, when they said no, that's that's you know, that's we confidential threw that material. Off of here it's in the ocean. Dang! It's got crashed yeah. or whatever they did with it, right? It's in some museum. So or they HQ. Yeah, well, a lot of times you got to remember also too. My two thousand um, World Championship KTM was a true like hand built factory bike. Yeah. So there was a lot of confidential, you know, stuff that they wouldn't have wanted to release because I said, "Hey, can I have it?" They were kind of like, mm, "No." Um, but they're help. They're actually trying to help us build a replica. But I have, um, I have my O three and then my Pro Circuit bikes and then O seven. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. you know, because, you know, if you remember Chad Reed, he didn't have in his contract when he won the East Coast. He said, like, hey, can I keep my bike? They're like, yeah. I was like, nope. But I won you a championship. Like, Thank you. We paid you for it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when you realize. And they're like, not NIC, not in contract. Yep. Dang it. Super cool. Man. I think we put together a covert team of operatives and go steal back your championship. Yeah, we'll get bike. that thing we, back. We got some guys. We need all the parts to make it real. Did you, Kevin, did you see my text? Let's see. Tell me that's not a beauty, the video. There so that's the one. That's the one nice thing. And I told oh, my that's dad your too. Ricky I said, bike, your Ricky replica. Roar, dude. Damn, dude, that thing 
Sweet. That thing was literally a rust bucket. <laughs> that looks better than what Mitch has in his showroom. That's what I'm thinking. Hey, I, I said, well, Mitch helped me store some parts. We went upstairs to his little treasure area. I'm like, dude, you have so much stuff. And he's like, Jill, I don't know what's here and what fits what, and we're going to have to, you know, have a look around. And I'm just oh. picking up stuff. But what's cool is, the one cool thing is that exhaust pipe, they had it in their handwritten notes. It's stamped. It was one of Ricky's race pipes. Okay. Oh, nice. So you got some accuracy. Number plate was when Mitch was the first one to do those, uh, the vented number plates, yes. and everyone thought it was so cool. That's one of the originals. So, That's cool, man. Um, Anyway, I, I dig this kind of stuff, too. I think the older you get, the more you appreciate the history of everything. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm also building up my, my personal collection. My goal is I'm going to do a I – moved, um, I moved on some properties. So I, have, I have a lot of land now, but I want to do, do a man cave where I have these bikes, like, mounted up on the wall and framed yeah. jerseys and memorabilia. So Super cool. Yeah, I'll somewhere get, I'll like get, I'll get some of mine out jerseys to you for sure. Please do. Yes. Get him some Kevin, Kevin's going to send you some microphone covers. <laughs> some button ups from Loretta's 92. There you go. Some, I'll try to remember to rig. send you a picture, yes. Grant, but you mentioned that Harley Davidson signed by uh, Staten and maybe Tripes or whatever. But I have a Harley Davidson yeah. helmet, number 558, signed by Tripes. I'll, uh, wow, I'll try to get you a picture rad. of that. I'll send you that. See if I can Instagram it. That's it. Awesome. Hey, well, if you. If you ever want to sell it, let me know because okay. I think my dad would want to. Buy it. It's just a replica deal, but I mean, it's really signed by Tribes. I mean, it's painted exactly like his. But and John wears it a lot. Yeah, I keep it on most of the time. He drives out <laughs> like the when I'm grilling. Yeah, it's I weird. Keep it on twenty four seven. Do us a little favor <laughs> when he's grilling. That's All right, dude. Thanks for uh, for jumping on with us, man. We're it's a dumb show, but like we have a good time, and hopefully you'll do it again in about ten years. What do you think? 10 okay. Years? <laughs> Ten years. I mean, I, I like how your 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 forecasting goes. We'll send you a calendar yeah. invite. Yeah. Now we want. Now yeah. He's he's about to give you the. Uh, well, I ran out of time. I was only in town for a minute. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. We'd love to have had you on. Just like you do the people in South Africa. Right. Yeah, yeah. We. I'm out of time. Oh, I'm really busy. Uh, I'd love to come on the show, but I just really don't want to. Yeah, just <laughs> be yeah, honest. Just I really hate you. I hate you. Hey, let me know when, when you want me to come on. I'm, I'm going to schedule a root canal. That's right. Something <laughs> perfect. My sock drawer needs rearranging. Yeah. Exactly. All right, buddy. Exactly. Enjoy those cocktails. Well, we thanks. are enjoying ours as well, my friend. Uh, have fun. And uh, thanks for the call. I, I just have to say it one time. Winners take. Y'all. Y'all. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Night. Thanks, my man. See ya. All right, Jens. Have a good one. See ya. See ya. What a great sport. I knew, like, these first few guests we've gotten have been, like, just just softball hits. Like, they're so easy to have on, He's obviously. just a good guy. Yeah. He's money, though, man. That's no, a cool guy. He's money. And he's, he's living the dirt bike life, too, man. It's, Not that's... scared to tell the cool stories of. I started telling you, he's talking about that Ricky pipe. I was going to say, dude, I got a guy that'll paint that silver for you. Yeah, I got a good pipe <laughs> yeah. guy. We know a guy with some <laughs> rust oleum high heat. Dude, seriously, he is. 
He's your guy. He did my DG pipe. Yeah, cool. man. Like everybody uh, day in the dirt loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was, well, at least we settled <laughs> though. Impressive. He was not partying in the pits at 07 uh, Bud's Creek. He was visiting with the South African. Well, campers. no, he was in the pits. He was yeah, part, but it was, was for good party. reason. Yeah, yeah. He just so, went but to check but on his mates. That's not to say five years later he wouldn't have been there. He's not saying I'm not. I'm, I'm not that yeah, guy because yeah. I am that guy. But, but you got to be careful. You can't put him on blast, man. He's like. Um, no, I was married then. To there you. really was <laughs> no. huge groups of foreign campers. Yeah, oh, I totally. No, I, I think I was he's there. dead on. Yeah, he. he I'm, I guarantee you, they got there and got their spot secured. And, yep. And uh, how cool was it that he went to see his the, people? His people. His that's people. awesome. Yeah. Uh, on his bike. Yeah, that's your current 450 champ going to take a ride out there and. and I like say his bye. motivation to go. You know what? I'm not from here, but I gotta, I gotta, I have to defend the honor of this country and like whoop the shit out of the current world champion. Like, dude, yeah, I thought that was awesome. pretty badass. Yeah, that's that's it's part of much. his drive. You know, dude. it's special in a lot of ways. Special with talent, but special with with yeah. drive. Where a lot of people would be like, "Hey, man, I mean, I'm good. You know, I've yeah. already won. The I won. To, I don't know you know. I gotta say it again. Him, uh, Dad, I'm not feeling this. I want to go home. <laughs> He grabs you close and, and talks to you. Dude, we we don't a, have a fucking home. I sold it to get you here. The most pivotal moment of this show. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can imagine the weight, and he goes, and it all changed from then. Yeah. It's not so he easy. He magically to, started doing better. Yeah, because I ain't got no option, to be the dude. motivation, yeah. Dude. It's the, hey, that's a have. that's a burn the ships. You know, you, yes, you know what I'm talking about? That's a burn the ships moment. His dad burned the ships in South Africa. We're done. When, We're in Europe, bro. <laughs> I sold everything. What do you mean, go home? Where's he'll home? probably one day be in the booth. Why again? Have the little divider up, wearing his priest collar, and he'll be talking with the voice disguiser, <laughs> right? Just talking about you know, hey man, I I really didn't want to be world champ. But My dad made me be had world nowhere champ to live and get lots of women and do. And we were super homeless. <laughs> Could you imagine how that conversation goes with Wygant in the confessional? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I was, can't imagine that. How would it go? What would he say? You know, <laughs> I really, I really didn't want to race motorcycles. <laughs> so let's, uh, we're gonna go ahead and bring Grant Langston on. Or, wait, oh, I, not, listen, oh, sorry, I'm a little bit afraid to do that because Rider X. He went, he he confessed to pretty much everything. Yeah, like, it's already out. Yeah, he didn't point. hold anything back. There's That's nothing. I don't want to put words in his mouth as because uh, he's already said more than I probably would have ever done. He did. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. That was that was. I mean, he laid it on the line. That was pretty impressive. We don't have a fucking <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can do it that way. You, you, you play Grant Langston, I'll be Grant Langston and, and I'll be his dad. You be a fifth? No, you be a fifteen-year-old 15 kid. kid. All right, so, uh, so dad, I really, it's cold. I'm in Europe. I'm from South Africa. I just want to go swim in a pool and just be a normal. I want to get my learners. I want to just hang out with girls and just do my thing. We don't have a fucking home to go to. I sold it so you could be here. All right, so I guess I'm going to learn how to ride dirt bikes. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I don't mind it so there bad. It seems better Hey, now. and I got to, in my head, his dad probably sounded like Satan when he said that. Yes. <laughs> oh. As we don't have a fucking home, get your ass on that bike and ride it like a motherfucker. But it doesn't have a seat on it. That's intentional. Stand the fuck up and ride that bike. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> In my best South African. What about accent. how he left the seat on but loosened the bolts up enough? On I purpose. Mean, he knew it was coming. Yes, yeah, so good. Hey, he I've so never good. had a seat fall off until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the first time in history. And that's how I know I'm getting old. 
I jump, I jump, and I am holding the seat in the air. Well, you squeezed it? You felt yeah, it I squeezed of... it, and it came completely well, Did out. you go riding? Yeah, I went riding. But it's been a couple of weeks ago. It's probably been four weeks ago. He did it without you. No, what? I did not. No, this he did four it, dude. weeks ago. No. no what the? No, no. The story sounds very I was not I was born four weeks ago. Yes. Oh, you were alive yes. then? Yeah. Oh, I still bad. lived I here. I thought you were I'm... still at, down there at the Nick. Where you know? did you go ride? Uh, this was just a Highland Park kind of. Oh, just See if I still know how to ride. Know how to go Just a. Training his training compound where he has a, a trailer and a big setup to go and yeah. wash his bikes and host his motorcycle. And everything. <laughs> right. Turn his fucking mic off. Next dude. time, you're I swear. dude, you're done. I haven't ridden in four weeks. Meanwhile, this guy's well, been all over the southeast. Years. Yeah, just jump right in the circuit. A twenty-five year break until Loretta's <laughs> qualified. And he just immediately started calling his friends. I'm going riding. Who wants to go with me? So yeah, I mean, I want to go with you. Guys. I, it was kind of one of those days where it's like I hadn't ridden a motorcycle in a year. I can't imagine 25 years, but a year for me on I've a... I've got my motor finally coming back from Texas. Really? On the KX? Yes. Oh, you're going to okay. have this thing so pimp. i got to take You're going to give Langston a run for the you money got, to do you have the build-off. Do you have a vintage bike? I, yeah, I have a bunch of them. Oh, well, I mean, what, do we want to ride them, or we just want to look at them? No, one that you would race at these races. Um, at, yeah, I mean, I've got an 89 CR250. It was you, Jason Grogan. You, you, oh, you remember Jason yes. Grogan? Yes. 621. Yeah, no, 623. So I'm getting the suspension done. I'm getting the suspension done on that 86 KX 125. Okay. And he's getting his motor back. So we need to You're hit not gonna music. ride yours though, Kevin. I, I got oh absolutely. Oh, you are? Hell okay. yes. Uh, now I will say you this. You are making it pretty though. I no, I'm I'm getting different plastic. I'm gonna buy some okay. UFO to and put the, dude, so long you know the story of this plastic. I sent it out to Vegas yeah. to have hand done. This is the original eighty nine plastic. Oh, because you were gonna restore that and plastic. And it is it was his price to do it for the tank shroud front and rear uh fenders yeah. fenders are three thousand dollars <laughs> no three thousand dude much. i got it in my basement right in there, my garage right now and it's like it looks it looks better than brand new it's so shiny i'm like i'll put it up for like if we do a show whatever but i'm, yeah. I'm i will not oh so rub. you're going to save that yeah, restored yeah. original yeah and then you'll throw in some ufo or and that's cherries. what i did for like for the whole bike my goal was to keep everything as original like the hubs okay. i could have got new hubs yeah those things look like they got it drudged out of the titanic he showed me a picture of it <laughs> they and they, they did it and re- redid the hub so the hubs are original different rims and wow. so you it's need gorgeous. to get your crt50 that you'll ride vintage right. motorcycle days i've had a million vintage bikes over the years yeah he's rich so he's, it, he's had no of i they're all fifteen hundred dollars it's not like like they're insane purchases, but you know, you ride them for a little while. I just don't want to work on them, man. Dude, I know, man. Spark I want to ride. Yep. So, well, that's what the new bike's for. But we'll take these and go to one of these vintage races. They, but they yeah. have they have modern day classes as well. Yeah, yeah. So you bring your modern bike, you and that's actually bike. a good it's place awesome. for you to plug BMD, in. Dog. If you race the modern bike at a vintage race, Dude, it's, it's so much fun. It's so less fun. competition. The track's usually easier. There's three, dialed down. There's four jumps. They're all singles and a couple yeah. of tables, literally at yeah, uh, and you'll, Mid-Ohio. You You've won't even there. sweat the track. You'll just, yeah, I've raced Mid-Ohio. So you're coming this year? I rode, do you need me to? That's in yeah, about he, a month. He's coming, yeah. Do we have a place to stay? I, I got a hotel, absolutely. All right. I can, my hotel, I'll I can bring for, the camper if you he's got, need. He's got a hotel with a one bed. It's two figure out the other bed. Whatever. One bed. Dude, it's so much fun, though. Like, that is it, an it, incredible event. I, What's I the date? July something. I'll have okay. to look it up. But I cannot stress. It's July 4th? It's a pretty good July haul 4th. up there if you're driving. I mean, I remember it being like 10 or 11 hours, right? Map 10. What, what's like the that. closest airport? <laughs> Lexington, Ohio, right? Columbus. Columbus, yeah. So if you go up there this year, I, the no, coolest I, thing. I announce it. I know, but year. the coolest thing you could do would be to search out that old track 
and try to find the dog house that's sitting there. Mid Ohio, uh, Mid Ohio, proper. yeah, Mid Ohio proper. Do they have vintage races there in modern or just oh, vintage? Oh no, it's mid, it's vintage and modern for sure. They have the old stuff day one, and then it moves into like the mid. They call it vintage, then post vintage, Evo and whatever, and yeah. then, they, then they have the modern. So it's so good. It's a very fun. We should town. go take a vintage bike and do. Take, it. You should go. Period. Do you know the turnout? It's yes, it's thirty thousand. Okay, people. I was gonna say it's, it's ridiculous. A lot. There's so much to do. So like, it's a full gate. If you can buy, well, no, yeah, it'll be a full gate. All forty two. Like, yes, thousand. But there's road racing. There's like you like. This do you thing? have a road race? Do we have road vintage. race bikes I don't too? Have any vintage? I have an '89 Goldwing. Dude, we'll race, race that, that bitch. For a couple hours. I was going to enter it. Hey, King of the baggers. Take them bags off and go. We'll race that bitch. He I'll ride on back with you. There's a class for it. What if what if uh, Nick's on back and he's like, "Go, you little bitch!" bitch. Yeah, just like your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I dare you. To I'll race. ride on race the back. Gold wing. I guarantee you, there's a class for it. I'll 100%. race it. You mean he'll race it. if you don't? He will. I, they have trials. It only weighs eight hundred pounds. It's it a good matter. race Dude, bike. You, you get to race on the on the I road can course. Handle it. You could play the Eagles in the cassette. You understand? Know oh, yeah, turn the radio. I will on. race anything. Yeah, he, he doesn't care. Well, I got anything. we got intercom helmet to helmet. We could be telling me in my ear. I raced a little piece of. Hey, I raced a four wheeler. At Bremen on. one night. You raced a four-wheeler? Yeah, when they raced four-wheelers. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. There was a dude, he like hurt his le- ankle or something. He's like, man, I can't. And he had a some kind of Yamaha, and I was like, fuck it, I'll race it. And I oh. raced it. I got a third-place trophy on some dude. I had a quad race at Bremen on Saturday night. What? I'll tell you another thing I got a trophy at at Bremen. I went with a dude one time that had a... Uh, uh, Nick's the Nick's the friend you want. Like hey, he's you, the all around. Hey, do you want to and th- th- stop right there? Yeah, yes. he don't need to know what I it do is. want. To do we that. went to uh, the we came to the mud bog at Bremen. Uh-huh. Sure, I, I got a second place trophy in this dude's blazer. <laughs> and the only car. reason this guy other guy beat me is because he had some for real like Ferrari motor, fire breathing <laughs> nitrous <laughs> and I was in just like a street driven Bronco or blazer, like a eighty. Three blazers. All the years house. of passing that mud pit, I never once saw it in action. No, oh, I, I flat I out drag raced that thing. Dude, I remember the who was who was it? The announcer. Let's hear from Papa Smurf, our announcer here at Bremen Race Bar. Papa Smurf was his name. He goes, "Let's hear from them Chevrolet fans," and he would, he would go. Uh, what would he say? He would work the North versus oh, the South. Chevy. Chevy what about our Ford. What about our Ford fans? And he go. He would then he would go. All right, boys, line them up. Three, two, mash eight guys. Oh. Mash eight. <laughs> mash eight guys. Eight guys. Yeah, I was... mashed it too, baby. I had a trophy. I gave it to the guy that owned the truck. 503 <laughs> cubic inch nitrous oxide <laughs> injected. <laughs> don't even unload it, son. You don't stand a chance. I mashed that gas all the way down through there, man. You did you, had, you really? And you just got to drive some dude's mud truck. I think it was a guy I knew. He was going out there racing, and we he's got a, there. Decathlon, decathlon, yeah, whatever. He don't he's care. He's a triathlete, a De- decathlete. I will race this chair out a window if it <laughs> decapitated for a, for a $4 trophy. Decapitated. He's yeah. decapitated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do regret dog. never seeing that. Those are so We had some legit. We had some legit, like, full-blown, they call them full-blown, whatever that yeah. means. And they would just... Uh, I think it's like board and stroke to the max. No, it it's like as full, far as you can build it. No, it's like these, yeah, yeah. like... Blown uh, nitrous is what, what it means. Like, 
I don't know what you call the frames, whatever. They're, they're not. The American chassis, like was a there, yeah, like chassis a tube chassis deal. And, and I mean, it was like, they, they did these things like 1.8 seconds. Rah, 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 it was rah. just full throttle to brakes. Rah, or and then all the way to the trees, they were just stopped all the way to the tree. Oh line. my gosh. Yeah, like, rah, mud. I mean, all the way beyond the, the 40 the feet in the air, just all four that, wheels. Just ridiculous. Did you ever do that at the other track? So did Ball Ground yes, ever have any mud bogs? We did. We had an even bigger one. And then, oh, you did. Okay. Impressive one there. And then. Felton, where was no? What was the that, other one? That one, us. Borderline was in Tallapoosa. You had Zebulon. Zebulon was the first piece of property you ever owned. And it didn't do mud bogs though, right? No, just just woods mud races. Oh, yep. woods, woods okay. races. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. You got a lot of, y'all have promoted a lot of different things. Dumb shit. Yeah, don't. The old man, like he got, but he would have a buddy goes, "Hey, man, I'm into mud bogging. Well, I got a piece of property. Well, by go. God, it ain't <laughs> nothing. I'll do it, son. Dig us a couple of holes and they flood did. it with that far. Ball ground was legit though. That place was impressive to look at. Like it was in the, like right before we sold it, like this massive V. They cut it out. Like it was. Like, I've everybody, seen everybody pictures. Everybody up on the, man. on the on the hillside. It was it was pretty substantial. Super cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate to miss that. I was just a child. Couldn't drive. Too. Well, we sold it like, what, 83? I was yeah. like 12. I was in third grade. I was 11. What am I talking about? Nick was 37. So Nick was, was yeah. Nick no, was, I mean, my age is easy. Like, in 83, I was 13. See, was mine's was, easy because in 83, I was in third grade. Like, I always know what school grade. Were you born 70? The, uh, December 69. Oh, so you, you know, my, Ken was February, my older brother was February 6th of 70, so you guys were like weeks apart. Right, yeah, boy. so I always knew my I was I always could keep up my age yeah. by the year. So, yeah, that's yeah. nice. There you go. Yeah, there's All a right. summer of si- summer of 69. There's a Brian Adams song yeah. somewhere in there. You know, I was like Canadian, eh? 24 for I realized that was about the year 69. I thought that was just for everybody. Just a summer of just tongue, <laughs> sore tongues and jaws. <laughs> My jaw hurts, man. Well, it's the summer of 69. Well, you know that three summer of 69? Solid. I said, yeah, mine was like in 1985 the first time. No, you're doing that it was wrong. Three <laughs> months <laughs> of just solid summer so of 69. Sore jaws and tongues. <laughs> man, why are these bumps on my tongue? Man, this thing broke out. I, I wore an eyebrow off. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least you can undo your unibrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, man. Grant Langston was kick-ass. You guys were kick-ass. John's not drunk. Nope. I think everybody's safe going home. Hey, I it's let early. the legend speak. It's early. I didn't ask Still him what time. year. Still got time. Nick Blackman, John Watkins, Jared Harris, we love you, buddy. You are welcome back anytime. Hope Come on. Please, Jared. Do it. Do it. That's it. We'll see what happens next week. Well, maybe we'll do another show. What do you think? Peace out. Love you. Your call. Yep.